each playing their own respective games. Yeah, Harry Potter versus Star Wars. Yep. Uh, Sarah told me you said that Harry Potter and Star Wars are not the same thing. Are not the same thing? Yeah. I don't think that I've I've said that they are the same thing. Yeah, because she told me that they, they aren't the same. That you, that she thought she heard you say they aren't the same thing. The, uh, traveling outside space. I was like, oh, he says they're not the same. That's what I thought. Oh, so you inferred. I inferred. You're ridiculous. Because um, I was about to have a conversation and be like, no, they're pretty much the same. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so if, if she was talking about what I said outside, yes. um, Talia said she gets confused between Harry Potter and Doctor Who. Oh, okay. And said that she walked in on... Sarah watching Harry Potter at one point. I was like, oh, you're watching Doctor Who. And I was like, no, baby, those aren't the same thing. Yeah. They're, there's, they're very much the same story. Yeah. There we go. But the, the, the real question is, what would win in a fight? The magic from Harry Potter or a lightsaber with the force? Lightsaber. I don't know, though. Because there's always energy coming off the wand. No, and guess what the lightsaber is going to be able to do? No, 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 no. Well... That's only for like look at the flick of the wrist. Whoop! <laughs> that's only for like simple things like picking up stuff. But the real energy blast of things that need okay. uh, to do some damage have all have energy coming Imperial, off the wand. If the Imperio curse does not, yeah, I don't know what that curse is. Uh, that's the one that the person can control them. So I guess oh. I guess if multiple. Death Eaters attacked a but, Jedi, and one was able to hit them with the Imperial Curse. Making but that wouldn't work on a Jedi. Unable to... Well, yeah, I guess it is like because suggestion. The, the, yeah, it's all about suggestion. So uh, with a Jedi, they have control over that. Because they can do the same thing only with the Jedi mind trick. They can do the same thing. They make a person do something. They can make them say something, think a certain way with the Jedi mind trick. So... It wouldn't work on them. So everything else would be deflected so, by a lightsaber. So your your Death Eater would come up and go, I'm going to kill you. And the Jedi would be like, you don't want to do that. And the Death Eater would go, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Although, about like, like I said, about lightsabers, not the strongest force in the universe. They can't block rebels. The Mandalorians <laughs> the switched to using, they were like, all right. Carry this, you filthy casual. <laughs> yeah, Mandalorian Shotgun. steel. They call it Beskar steel. Uh, yeah, the, Beskar. But what are, what do they call the gun? Because they call, like, they're basically just using fucking shotguns, but they call them something different. Like, they call it a certain type of gun, but I can't. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I know they're, they're. I don't remember if it's like lead, lead thrower or. Like, they, they call I'm them something sure. different. But it's just like real guns with real bullets. I have to look into. I'm not sure what they're called. I know all it, I know about is their armor and the uh, one um, saber that they have. It's called the dark saber. The dark saber. Um, and then it just got to the point where the Jedi were like, "I ain't gonna fuck with that Mandalorians. Right. <laughs> that guy's is crazy." <laughs> But Jedi's wouldn't, or wizards wouldn't. Death Eaters may. Yeah, wizards aren't bad guys. Wizards are the Jedi of the Harry Potter yes, world. Yes, yes. But if they're, say they are facing against each other. They may spar, but they wouldn't care or kill one another. <laughs> like a big war happened. Yes. And the wizards They would be Jedi. on the same side. 
They would just spar. That just means yeah, play no, fighting. Well, the, 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 the dementors are a creature. Yeah, yeah. They're not. Yeah. They're. I don't want to say they're ambivalent because that's not what it is. The, they're. Indiscriminate when it yeah. comes to who they go after. Yeah, it's anybody like a target from Az- Azkaban. Or someone them. with power that they like, want or are afraid of. Yeah. But they also went after Harry. Yes. They yeah. Harry. Yeah, yes, they, did. they did. That's but what the whole ass no, movie was about, Gage. It's about them going after him. The one where he no. where he makes prongs. His dad's Patronus. Yeah. That's the third movie. God, I'm a fucking nerd. <laughs> we just watched it the, like a week ago. Yeah, I know. But I thought they were going after the guy who escaped Azkaban. They were going after him as well. Well, they were, they were there to protect the school because everybody thought that Sirius Black was going to kill Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then whenever the Dementors like got on the train... To search for Sirius Black, oh, yeah, and they, they found Harry. They were like, "Ooh, yeah. Yeah, they did attack give me some of that!" <laughs> but yeah, that's literally as soon as I got out of my car, like the kids were like, "How are you doing? What's up? Who would win in a fight? Yeah. <laughs> a Jedi or a wizard?" <laughs> They've been asking Sarah and I, like off and on. I'll keep saying fucking uh, Jedi. And of course, she says wizard <laughs> <Yes>. because <laughs> because of course she does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, holy shit. Um, <laughs> I show up. <laughs> it's like, dad says Jedi, mom says wizards. Who would win in a fight? Gun. <laughs> Gun would win. Adava. <laughs> no, you don't get to finish what you were saying. <laughs> yeah, the guns still do exist in the Harry Potter world. Like, actual lead. Yeah, bullet gun. So yeah, you could te- easily just roll right over the wizarding world, just like an Uzi. <laughs> Have you seen the uh, the uh, the redneck exchange student to Hogwarts TikTok? That sounds familiar. Where it's like a guy with a a kid with like a a sniper rifle Nerf gun. <laughs> He's just sitting there. And he, somebody's playing Professor McGonagall. And she's like, everyone get ready for the big battle of... He's like, so wait, we just got killed that snake-looking guy, and, and then we're done? <laughs> and Son, what is that? Well, this man, this is a brown and 50 cow. <laughs> <laughs> It'll put a stop to this. No, we must use our wands. <laughs> Jeb, how you doing on them explosives? I need some more styrofoam. Can we get Jeb some more styrofoam, please? <laughs> and then just, oh no, here they come! What Snake guys down. What if movie if if Harry Potter and Star Wars like I don't know. All I'm saying is Neville Longbottom can get it <laughs> now. That, that, that Neville no, in the that, movie. That motherfucker like just. Straight up chops shit in half with the Gryffindor sword. Like, he's the half-blood prince, not Harry Potter. Fuck that kid. Everybody thinks he's so goddamn special for the first... Spoiler alerts. By the way, for anybody who hasn't watched Harry Potter. Like, Snape comes out and is like, I'm the half-blood prince. And then... (laughs) Here comes Neville Longbottom. He's just like, shink. But... 
Not today. <laughs> Not today, what, Satan. Would the Jedi's be able to kill Voldemort? I mean, yeah. Well, no, unless they killed Harry Potter because he's the final Horcrux. Yeah, there is that little caveat because there are Horcruxes yeah. all over the place. So they wouldn't be able to kill him; they would just damage him. Right, but they could. He couldn't kill them either because even if he's like readying his wand for Nadava Kadavra, and they go strike me down, and I will become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. <laughs> Foof, <laughs> empty robe. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, so you know how last week we were talking about all the different musicals for um all the Avengers and stuff yes. like that, and how it, Hawkeye had that, and I, I named it Steve, but the actual musical play is called Rogers. Um, have you watched Hawkeye? No, not yet. I did because <laughs> I wanted to see how correct we were on this musical. Um, we were pretty fucking correct. Really? <laughs> How? How are we correct? <laughs> From, like, the characters are dressed in, like, basic Avengers outfits. Like, street clothes outfits. So, very Rent-like. Like, just basic uh-huh. outfits, just with, like, tailored to each character. And then, at one point, the song that they sing, they have this line. <laughs> As you heard the music crescendo, and they're doing a whole uh, song and dance right. number. It is fucking hysterical. <laughs> I'm just waiting to hear you say, I could do this all day. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's fu- for me personally, it was fucking hysterical because what we talked about, and then I watched Hawkeye, and yeah, we we're pretty spot on when it came to that. But it's also, my uh, laughter is undercut because. Fucking Hawkeye's watching this happen, and he's having PTSD about the whole fucking oh, incident. Oh, yeah. It's like, that's not how it happened at all. There was no singing. There was no dancing. That's pretty much it. And there were no ribbons. It was blood. Lots and lots of blood. And at one point, Ant-Man is in this, because they're celebrating the uh, Battle of New York and all that. Uh-huh. And Ant-Man is among them, and he leans over to his daughter. He's like, he wasn't here. This is total bullshit. And then... <laughs> And then it's again undercut. He's, he's the in New York on Broadway. It's like that's not how it happened. <laughs> and then it's undercut with even more like uh, serious undertone because then he sees Black Widow and it holds on that, and you can see he's fucking just stricken with grief because the last time he saw Black Widow, he watched her fall to the ground right. to her death. death. <laughs> it is. It's a really good. I, we've got three episodes. They released two episodes at the same time. They just released the third episode uh, this past week. It's really fucking good. Um, the hint at a big bad that was in the Netflix series that could be in this series. They don't right out say it, but based on... Because there's a character named Echo in it, and she's completely deaf, and she only talks in sign language, of course. 
Um, but the character Echo is um, uh, the adoptive daughter of a particular character within the comic books. And we see someone that could be this person, but we don't have confirmation yet. I don't want to say too much. shows. You want me to say? Which net? Well, no, just which Netflix show? That will give it away. (laughs) That will straight up give it away. (laughs) I don't know who Echo's stepdad is or adopted. Do you know who Echo is? Uh uh. So she becomes like this uh, master assassin. This is deaf. And. She's really, uh, she bounces back and forth between being a good guy and a bad guy from time to time, depending on what's going on. But she has uh, close ties with the tracksuit mafia, and that's who she's with in this series as well, the tracksuit mafia and shit like that. I've got no idea. This is just my theory from what I, do you want to know what my theory is? Yes. Okay, so based on the way that the character's dressed, because we only see like a portion of the character as he walks up and like, Pinches her cheek or, like, as a little girl, like, rubs on her cheek or says, you're a good girl or some Ching shit like pin. that. Yes. Okay. Um, we, we hear just him laugh and say one line. It sounds like Kingpin. The person's dressed in a tailored suit. Does it, Based on what's happened in the comic like, book. Does it sound like Vincent D'Onofrio? It very much does, but I can't be for certain. Because I, like, I'll let Michael Clark Duncan's Kingpin yeah, it was, is what it is. It it was okay, but then we got Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, yeah. It's Kingpin. He is a definitive Kingpin. That's that's it. Yeah. That is Kingpin. Yep. Like, granted, he's not the seven hundred pound Kingpin from the comic books. Right, right. But it's still menacing as fuck. That's that's as close as you can get with humans that are still able to move. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and if that's the case, if this th- this idea that's been running around is the actual thing that they're shooting towards with it being Wilson Fisk, then that means, A, that they are bringing all those Netflix characters into the MCU, the proper MCU. Like, those were, like, tangentially connected right. to the MCU. But they are bringing all those characters into the MCU proper, and those rumors of Daredevil being in the new Spider-Man are also possibly true as well. Right. Well, I mean, it, yeah, once we see the new Spider-Man... In, yeah, we'll, in what, like 20, two weeks? 20, 21 days, because it comes out Christmas Day. Does it? Yeah. Sounds about right. So, yeah, whenever we see it in three weeks, yeah. we'll know. For Jesus, certain. Jesus fucking Christ, Christmas is only three weeks away. Three weeks away, <laughs> Where the fuck did this year go? Anyway. That was- <laughs> well, it started with an insurrection, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway. Let's get on to our partnership, and then let's get into this movie, Ryan. Not a huge fan of this movie. Honestly, I have some pretty strong opinions <laughs> as well. Yes. Um, uh, we'll get to it. But first, let's talk about yes. Newsly. Newsly is a news site aggregator you can get on iOS, Android, any sort of device that you have. You can find Newsly on it. And it will, basically, it aggregates web articles from around the world, and it reads the web article to you depending on what you want to read from CNN, Fox, MSNBC, or even E! Online, whatever the fuck it is, entertainment, sports, politics, whatever you want to read about or listen about, it will read it to you in a nice, natural, calm voice. It's not robotic like Siri or Alexa. It's or, also yeah, not Alexa. super fucking aggro as uh, 
like Greg or I reading certain news articles. <laughs> right. like, there's, there's no, there's no Hawkeye with PTSD because yeah. I guarantee, even after you compress it and stuff, that's still going to be really fucking loud because <laughs> I was shouting it. <laughs> Um, but yes, it's basically the thing I've constantly been saying is the thing that's been going just batshit crazy in the world lately for people thinking that they have the correct information is them just reading the news article or not reading the news article, but just reading, reading the headline. headline and not reading the actual article. This reads the article for you and eliminates that problem altogether. You can stay up to date and with the proper information, the correct information. Let's face it. Just with this app. There's, there's a lot. Especially if you're someone like Greg or I, that we have to read, or that we want to read. Yeah, yeah. Like have to read. Yeah, like okay. Comic books yeah. and sci-fi books and just new stuff that you know history you books. You yeah. don't always have time to to take a look at the news. Yeah. And what you do have is you know a car ride back and forth to work mm-hmm. or. Um, car rides to wherever to to your family's house for the holidays and why not show up with the correct correct with, information with a talking point that you know <laughs> piss off your trump you can, republican you family can actually go well actually i listened to the whole article on my way here with my awesome newsly app <laughs> here you can listen to it as well here. <laughs> and watch them rage quit on your phone <laughs> and even more than that we can skip it if you want and find six more articles that are pretty similar yep. as many times as I want because I got a free <laughs> premium month with the promo code Nerdinian, <laughs> N-E-R-D, the number one, N, the number 10, N, <laughs> because I listen to an awesome podcast that's on there. And furthermore... There are podcasts from over 40 over 40 countries. <laughs> yes. And if any of this is confusing to you in any manner whatsoever, just go to the show notes. The link for Newsly will be on there, as well as our promo code Nerdinian with the ones and zeros, or the I's and O's replaced with ones and zeros. It's fairly simple. And don't worry, if you want your stupid news articles, you can find those too. Yes. With your own Newsly app. Yep. You can download it. On the Play Stores, or visit Newsly.me. Yep. <laughs> anyway, that aside, Ryan. That's way better than any other one that we've done thus far. Yes, the monotone. It's just, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> and that's what we do here. We um, do ridiculous very well. <laughs> right. Spaceballs. I'm Greg Vance. And I'm Ryan Downing. And we are Nerdinian, and we go week by week um, going from nerd movie to nerd movie, um, sticking with a franchise at a time, and we've done Aliens, we've done the Predator franchise, we've done the DCEU franchise, Indiana Jones. You, all your top favorite movies we've done so far, for the most part, we haven't done Star Wars or Marvel MCU, but we will get to those eventually. This week, we are talking about the 2005 sequel to Sin City. Sin City, A Dame to Kill For, came out in 2014, and I don't want to be a purist or a elitist or gatekeeping in any way when it comes to the Sin City graphic novels, but the additional stories for this movie are utter shit. 
Which ones are the additional stories? The Long Bad Night and Nancy's Final Dance. Okay. I cannot stand those two stories. See, those ones didn't bother me. Really? I really like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Like, I don't know if it's What's just because... What's the point? Just because it I'm It serves no him? point whatsoever. He ultimately gets killed, doesn't one-up the Rourke at, at all, well, ends up I mean, getting killed at the card game. Spoilers but, if you haven't watched this movie. Right, but my thing is, like, right before he dies, spoilers, <laughs> the line that he says, I beat you. Yes. Again. Twice. I beat you twice. I am better than you. Yes. And people will tell the story, even if they don't. Even if they say they won't, they're going to tell the story. But I don't think and that'll ever be the case, because Rourke literally stands up and is like, I don't give a shit, and shoots the guy. Well, I know. <laughs> it's it's just, like, I really enjoyed, like... His acting is perfectly fine. It's just the point I of really, the story. Well, and I think, I think, like, yeah, overall the story's just like, okay, well, tied it up with a bow, it's done, go. Yeah. Um, I really didn't care for the entirety of a dame to kill for like the that that story chunk okay like there i like the action scenes and stuff but it was just eva green seducing dudes i mean that and, is what a lot of the dame and, to kill for is and um bob and uh i do think bob and uh trout or mort mort trout. like <laughs> i don't know <laughs> like why the fuck were they there well, they, well, a, they were investigators, but they added nothing to the story because they're both dead. They're, oh, I know, I know. It's, but it's just it's your Joseph Gordon-Levitt argument. Like, they offer, why were they even introduced if they were just killed? They well, they're introduced to basically show that she will do this on fucking anybody. It's not just people that she knows or can get something on, out of someone. It's just she will do this to fucking anybody. I just, um, I think that if they would have cut that out, the movie would have been half as long but twice as good. Cut the Mort and Bob stuff out. No, the whole a dame to kill for. But that's the the. the movie. I know. <laughs> I also think it doesn't help that whenever we see Dwight with his new face, it looks not good. Yeah, <laughs> it looks ridiculous. It looks like James Brolin or uh, Josh Brolin in fucking makeup. Yeah, it doesn't look like Clive Owen that we get later on because the dame to kill for happens before we first are introduced to Dwight. Right. So that's why this I, is this is a prequel and a sequel. Yes. Um, now let's let's talk about the things that I liked about this movie. Okay, Mickey Rourke. <laughs> I I liked him in the sense of we yeah, got more of Marv, but see, I did the makeup him, looked odd. Yeah, it didn't look as good as the first. I, his jaw looked weird. I don't know why. <laughs> but just him kicking ass again. Yes, as it was fucking Marv fa- was great. The opening fucking story, the uh, Saturday Night. I think it's what is the name of the story. It's from uh, the graphic novel series Booze, Broads, and Bullets. And I can't remember the name. Okay, it's uh, Just Another Saturday Night is the name yeah. of the story. And it's just him chasing after college kids that just burnt a hobo alive. Yeah. And it's just him kicking ass and him being in this neighborhood. And them, call, them calling him... Bernini Boy. Bernini Boy. No. And he's like, I'm not Bernie. <laughs> What? <laughs> and then right before he kills the last guy, he's like, "Why'd you call me? Why'd you call me that? It's your coat. <laughs> Where the hell did I get this coat? <laughs> <laughs> huh. I don't remember." <laughs> yeah, I, I, because also with the Nancy's final dance, it's supposed to take place before we see Nancy and before Marv dies in the electric chair. But the last time we see Nancy and Marv interact, Nancy's got no scars. Uh, granted, she's not dancing; she's in 
like civilian clothing, if you will, whenever we first meet her in the first Sin City. Whenever he brings fucking Wendy to uh, uh, Nancy's apartment. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's before Marv goes in the electric chair. So what happens in Nancy's final dance is before Marv takes out Cardinal Rourke. Right. So it makes no sense. Yeah, the, the timeline doesn't make any sense. No. That's the unless him going in the electric chair, even the second time, just knocked him out because he's a fucking juggernaut. <laughs> maybe uh, the only uh, initially I thought maybe she's just imagining Marv like she is Hardigan, but then we see Katie interacting with Marv. Yeah, and I'm like, well, no, never mind. <laughs> That's not a thing because we don't see anybody interact with him until Katie does later on. Right after she's cut her face, it just like the obviously. Josh Brolin as Dwight was probably not the greatest fit for a dame to kill for, but the whole Eva Green seducing people as I didn't mind Josh Brolin like, and and I'm all for like Eva Green like look at me I'm hot because yeah <laughs> like you're not fucking wrong, but that's the that's the character that's not her being well, like no, this no, is no. what I, we need to do for I, the movie I get it I get it but. It just seemed kind of one note to me, and like the characters, I mean, has no depth. Neither does Dwight. Neither does Marv. They all have one particular thing that they do, and they do well. Now, see, I disagree. I think that Marv has incredible depth to his character. I mean, he's a he's a badass bruiser that ends up going crazy at some point, doesn't remember what he does, and then moves on. That's it. And then you rinse, repeat. Well, but it's, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I have. I, I mean, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with the one note character, especially in these stories. I don't, they they I, are perfectly I fine. See, I but see the, more depth in him, though, than, than I'm hot. Yeah, she uses and her men, feminine wilds to, uh, to manipulate men in, uh, whenever she takes out or has Dwight take out Damien Lord, she's using uh, her body and her looks and her manipulation to right. take out uh, Damien Lord to get money. So there's all... And we get why... So in the in the graphic novel, there's a bit more... I don't know. It felt... Cause this is the only problem I have with the Damien Kills for um, story in the movie is that it just didn't feel like there was any urgency... Like any, yeah. like, we need to do this before something else happens. In the graphic novel, there's like, yeah, we need to get this shit done. It takes some time, but we need to get this shit done. And then whenever he shows up with his face, I'm like, that doesn't matter. What the fuck is going on with Josh Brolin? Because it looks ridiculous. Yeah. So, I, as a general idea, I did like seeing those characters. I did like seeing um, Ava Lord on screen. But I just didn't. It, it, there was no connection whatsoever, especially with the, the way I felt about the first Sin City. Yeah, where it was so influential in my life. This movie, not so much. Well, yeah, but this is also nine years later. Yeah, I was four years into being a new father. Right, but you hell a, a new father to a little girl. Tally was just born. Yeah, uh, she was about a year old by the time this movie came out, and there was n- nothing that kind of made any sort of impact like the first Sin City on my life. There are some good lines, but it's it's A, not as prolific of a line like in the first Sin City. 
Um, I would say the only good thing out of the Joseph Gordon-Levitt scene is him saying that line, like, oh, I beat you tw- two times. And everybody will know it. They won't. I mean, it has... There's a better way to do that story, and it's called 300, where the 300 Spartans die, but they end up making Xerxes bleed. And ultimately, they were able to show well, the world... They- 299 whatever spartans die whatever and one goes back to tell the story right um he loses an eye though so he doesn't get away scot-free that's true so 299 and an eighth (laughs) your eye is an eighth of you i guess i don't know uh 20th Uh, uh, 164th (laughs) maybe one 256th (laughs) it just the story just did not connect to me and i i like I said, I'm not trying to be elitist when it comes to or gatekeeping or uh, being a purist in any sense because the stories weren't in the comics or in the graphic novels. It's just and I didn't connect to the story. It was interesting some... to see the coin bounce off and catch, but after he does that the first time, I'm like, fucking quit it. Just put the damn coin in. There's some amount of um, debate whether they were already written See, by, I had heard that that they were written Frank Miller that just didn't make the cut whenever and they he didn't originally... make the cut into the books yes. or that they were written specifically for this movie. And I don't know which is I've heard both. Which is correct. So I have no idea. Yeah, I've either. I've heard both sides and everybody's like, Well, we don't really know for sure because he won't say. Right. And it's well, yeah, you don't know for sure because he won't say. Right. But I so. just didn't like the story. I mean, there's a much better story. It's called a story called it's in Booze, Broads and Bullets about uh, a character named Blue Eyes. About this woman that wants to be an assassin, and she goes through all this stuff to be an assassin. She ends up becoming that assassin, but I thought it was very interesting the way that it plays out in the book. I think that would have been a better story than this one, The Long Bad Night. It would serve the same purpose because she's trying to, she works for this like hidden society type thing, and she wants to like balance See, the scales. I type know, shit. I know that you don't like The Long Bad Night. I like that one. For even, one reason. Even though, like, well, I mean, a lot of, I like a lot of it just because of the way that he interacts with the other people. Like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, the mm-hmm. way that, like. He's cocky as fuck. I'm glad he dies at the end because he's fucking arrogant as shit. Like most con men are. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm not supposed to love... Like, uh, like Marv, I know he's a, a maniacal fucking psychopath, but uh, he's lovable. Dwight, I know he's fucking deranged and can be really fucked up at times, but he's interesting to listen to. His monologues inside of his head are fucking profound. Johnny, he's just a cocky little shit, and I can't stand him. I can't even stand that shit in my real life, and I know a few people that are fucking cocky, and I can't stand it. I don't know. It, it irritates the crap out of me. Anyway, let's get into this movie. Let's start with the first story. The first story is fa- actually fantastic. It's the, That's the just another, just Saturday, another Saturday, night. Saturday night. Yep. Um, uh, this movie uh, obviously was written by Frank Miller, um, and like with the additional stories, like Robert had some input and shit like that. But for the most part, this was all written by Frank Miller, directed by Frank Miller and Robert Rodriguez. Um, starring Mickey Rourke, Jessica Alba, Josh Brolin, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Rosario Dawson, Bruce Willis, Eva Green, Powers Booth, Dennis Haysbert, Alexa Pena Vega, um, Ray Liotta, Christopher, Christopher Maloney, Jeremy Piven, uh, Christopher Lloyd, Jamie King, Juno Temple, Stacey Keach, uh, Martin 
Sokas, uh, Jude Sikakolela, I think that's how you say his last name, um, Jamie Chung, Julia Garner, Lady Gaga, or Lady Gaga, um, Patricia Vaughn. Huge fucking cast like the first one. Yep. <clears throat> and the story starts off with, sorry, got a bunch of spare Lego parts I don't want to spill all over the place. Um, <clears throat> the movie starts with just, you hear a uh, glass crashing, and then you see Marv's like head whipping back from like the top left of the frame down to like the bottom right of the frame. And he's like, uh, what is the line? Uh, metal screams, something hits me square in the chest. There's no up or down. I don't weigh a thing. I don't remember a thing. And then we cut to him like waking up on the ground, looking at just carnage around him. There's yeah. like a bent up like car that just a regular civilian car, and then there's a cop, a car, cop car on top of it, all in smoke and shit. He sees like a nearby like college kid, like dead nearby. He lifts up the head, starts checking it out, and he's like, What the fuck happened? I don't know what the hell happened. And then we get cutscenes of what happened. We see him uh, in a bar, he's uh, knocking back a few drinks, and he's just not in a good mood. And he's not sure why. And he says as much. It's like, something doesn't yeah. feel right. I don't feel myself. And then he just walks out. We see him with like a drink and he starts knocking it back outside, which is also, which I don't, maybe this is part of the issue I have with this movie, but anytime we saw anybody go into Katie's bar in the movie and in the comic books, it wasn't, there wasn't like this big ass facade out front for them to look at. Right. In this, there is, and it just looks ridiculous. It, the the Katie's bar, from what I always understood, was supposed to be was like a this hole in the wall, wall type bar. Yeah. But the, here, it just seems like, well, this is Katie's. This is where everybody goes. I'm like, no, that's not how I always perceived it. And they just they went apeshit because everybody loved the first one. Decided to, it felt like they decided to beef up Katie's because of it. Right. So yeah, Marv is outside Katie's. And he's just knocking back a few drinks, and he hears some sort of commotion happening nearby. He sees some poor soul comes stumbling out of the nearby alley on fire and then falls to the ground. And Marv's like, what the fuck? And then we cut to uh, a bunch of college kids just uh, pouring a bunch of gasoline on this poor wine. And he calls them winos. And that's what uh, homeless people are sometimes called. It's called winos. Right. Um, they see him being, uh, the gasoline being dumped on the guy. And Marv breaks the bottle of uh, uh, alcohol that he has. And he's like, hey, fucking stop. What are you doing? We see the main, um, like, college ring leader. leader, yeah, just pulls out a gun and starts firing at him. Marv's like, oh, good, they're bad guys. Ain't nothing wrong with killing a few bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he just goes chasing after him. At one point, the we cut to uh, later on in their chase, and Marv's, just- like, hanging on the side of their vehicle as the college boys are, like, driving, like, barreling down the fucking road and everything. And while Marv is trying to get into the vehicle, they get real close to a nearby cop car and clip it to the point where Marv gets taken off the vehicle. The cops turn on their lights and are about to turn around, and then they hear something on the front of their vehicle. And it just clunk, 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 clunk. And there's Marv on the hood of their vehicle. The unstoppable <laughs> juggernaut that he is. <laughs> right. And he just bursts through the glass, tosses the two cops... <laughs> Cops out of the vehicle. <laughs> Looks at them. It's like, I need your clothes, your boots, <laughs> pretty, and your motorcycle. Pretty much. Um, turns the vehicle around and starts chasing after the bo- uh, uh, college kids. And then i am been trying to build up, but I can't remember. Does he reckon? I think there's like a back and forth between the two vehicles. There, yeah, there's like a little chase sequence. Where he'll run into them. They'll run into him. Like Back and forth. Back and forth until the actual crash. The actual crash. <clears throat> so yeah, the crash happens. We cut to Marv sitting over a nearby cliff near like the half-alive college kid's body. 
He's smoking a cigarette. He's like the projects. I used to live here. And he goes over to the college kid, basically just steps on his neck with barely any force, just steps on his neck and breaks his neck. Kid's dead. We then see Marv. <clears throat> we see a few of the He's college big boys. big dude, so. Yeah, I guess somewhat plausible. <sighs> whatever. Him diving through a windshield. If I can believe that, whatever. Yeah. Him stepping on a guy's neck. Yeah. yeah. Very gently. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Getting taken off of a car. By getting hit by another one, <laughs> right. and then kunk, kunk, kunking up, you're like, "Yeah, I see that every day." But hold on, you mean to tell me that he stepped on his neck and now it's broken? Nah. Uh, I press X to doubt. Um, we see uh, the college. <laughs> That's even more appropriate because uh, this is a very noir feeling, and that's from L.A. Noir, the video game. Oh, the exited out. Exited out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like exited out. When does that happen? No, no. You mean the actual gameplay of playing L.A. Noir? Yep. Um. So yeah, we see the college boys like duck behind like some like dilapidated building, like what it used to thinking, be an apartment. Thinking structure. they're going to be safe in the projects. Yep. Uh. And Marv stands near where the boys are at, and he's like, "This is the projects. I need to show them that I know who." need to remind them of who I am. And he puts his fist to his chest and then to his, like, up in the air, like a Black Panther type thing. They immediately stop firing arrows at Marv. And Marv points to the boys and immediately, like, three arrows, because there are four college boys, and three arrows, or no, I think it's just two. Two. Two arrows take out uh, two of the boys. Well, the other ones, I think, like, hide. No, those four, whenever they are taken out, so two die in the car accident. So the two that are left, they get shot in the midsection. Oh, they don't right. get taken yeah. out. So they're writhing in pain. Marv goes up to where they're hiding. And Marv just uh, puts his finger to his throat and then just uh, glides it across his throat and then points to up. And we just see like a noose come out of nowhere, wrap around the one guy's neck, and then just hoist him in the air. He's just slowly strangling to death. Eventually dies. Um Marv goes up to the other boy, picks him up. He's still writhing in pain from being shot in the midsection from the arrow. And Marv's like, why'd you call me Bernini or Bernie boy? And the guy's like, I called you Ber- uh, Bernini boy. And Marv's like, why the fuck did you call that me? That makes I? even less sense. And the that's guy, not even a name. <laughs> right? and, Mar- and the guy, the kid's like, well, it's your coat. It's a Bernini. That's why I called you that. And Marv's like, all right. And then just takes his... No, he holds out his hand, yells knife, it comes whipping into his hand, and then just holds onto it, slits the kid's throat, yeah, slits his throat, drops him, and he's like, oh, this is a nice coat that I have on here. Where did I get it? I don't know, but it's a nice jacket. All these gloves. Where did I get these gloves? I don't know. I forgot my meds. It's not healthy to forget my meds. And then we cut to the next story. <laughs> uh, well, it cuts to uh, the main title sequence of every character, along with Frank Miller's Sin City, A Dame to Kill For. Which... This, that story also obviously happens before the events of the heart um, goodbye. Yeah, well, the first movie. Yeah, yeah. The, just the first movie in general. I want to say the only stories that take place after the end of the first one are Nancy's, are the one that we're going to talk about, the first part of Johnny's story, and Nancy's last dance because Dame to Kill Four happens before as well. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so. The new additions to the Sin City world are the only ones that take place after Marv passes. Uh, we open up, and I think it's just um, this character named Johnny. He's a, a cocky con, my, con man, card shark type person. Oh, yeah. like a, He's a gambler that has a 
foolproof system where he always wins. Yeah, he's constantly just good at playing cards, and he's got, like, luck on his side. That's basically his ability. He's got, like, luck, no matter what. He's domino, if you will. Which we've already established on this podcast is, in fact, a superpower. Right. So he's a superhero in the Sin City world. Trying to find the actual, because he says something at the beginning. Uh, Sin City, where you go in with your eyes open or you don't come out at all. But a city's like a woman or a casino. Somebody's going to win and it's going to be me. It's the kind of place your father doesn't want you to talk about. But where I can't come from, a father is a thing no one seems to be able to find. <clears throat> and he says, I'm feeling lucky. And we just see him like driving through Sin City. He ends up at Katie's bar with like a duffel bag. And he walks up to this girl named Marcy, who's only the only character ever in full color for whatever reason they decided to do that. Um, she's not in any of the other stories. This is also yeah. a made-up character for this particular story as well. Um, we see Nancy on the stage doing her thing, but she's very drunk uh, with whips in her hand, just <laughs> acting belligerent at this point. Um, I think she's got like short black hair or some shit like that. Well, it's like a... A bob. Like a, Yeah, like an almost... Uh, Uma Thurman in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Uh, we see her walk back. She's just knocking back bottles at this point because she's... She's drunk as shit. Because um, she's not handling Hardigan's death very well. She knows why Hardigan kills himself. And we get to that later on in her last dance that she's not too happy about it. Um, we see her looking through like a broken, dilapidated portion of like the stripper's changing room. And she's able to see where the par- poker game is happening. And she's just eyeballing Rourke like no other as she just knocks back drinks. Uh, Yeah, because it keeps cutting to it. You don't see. Yeah, she doesn't do anything. She's just watching everything fucking transpire. Gun quite yet. Yeah, that's not till after he joins the game. Right. We see. uh, We cut back to Johnny at a a slot machine. Um, He well, he gets changed for like the slot machine with the coins. He does like this weird coin trick where he blows into his hand and the. Where he like catches the coin, he flicks the coin in the air, catches it with his hand, blows on his hand, coin is gone from his hand, and then he like flips his wrist and there's the coin again. He goes over to the slot machine and then does this weird fucking slams the coin on the goddamn fucking slot machine, catches it, and then has Marcy blow on it and then puts it in. And I think he gets like three hearts for this one. Yeah. I think the next one's like three bells or some shit like that. How many jackpots does he win here? He, win, he wins two. The second one is dice. Is it dice? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> but yeah, I couldn't gets, remember if it was two or three. Because the, the last one that he hits is dice. And then he says... You know, yeah, because there are three slot machines. Money. He goes to the next one. He's like, no, not feeling it. And then he goes to the very last one. And then he does the same thing. Where he... Only this time he has, he does the super has, coin thing. He has, he has Marcy, her pull the handle. No, she has... He has her kiss the coin. And then puts it in. Oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, he hits Jackpot once again. He takes all the coins. And um, he's he's talking to Katie. And Katie's like, yeah, you have some good luck. He's like, yeah, I do. I want to know where the actual action is. Or where the real action is, I think is what he says. And Katie's like, that's no place for you. And he's like, I don't give a shit. Where is it? And she's like, all right, it's your funeral. And he's ushered into, like, this back room where the card game is happening. And we see Rourke, a few of... And he takes Marcy with him. Yes, as his good luck charm. Yep. Um, he walks in. Um, what is his name? Lowenthal. Le- the Winsky or something like that. The guy that's beating the shit out of Hardigan from the first Sin City movie um, is there beside Rourke. Mm. Um, in the comics, he's a cop. He's, like, a captain for, like, the police station or something like that. And this is a cop. 
Yeah, I know he's a cop, but I'm not sure if he is like the captain of uh, uh, yeah, Sin know. City Police or not. But anyway, he's there playing cards as well with like a few of like Rourke's like underbosses, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, they Rourke looks at the kid, looks at um, the cop. He's like, and the cop's like, yeah, he's fine, he's cool. I checked him out like a week ago. I busted him at the crap table. He's perfectly fine. He paid his fee. He's good to go. Um, we see the cop walk up to Johnny and tell Johnny, don't win too much or it's going to be your life. And Johnny's like, I never lose. Everybody chuckles at that. Johnny sits down and then they just start playing cards. And we just see Rourke and Johnny just having this like ping pong match about who can um, jab at the next one the best. And it's just them running their mouths back and forth with each other. We see all the other guys not saying next to nothing other than I fold or I raise or whatever the fuck. And it's just him and Johnny back and forth to the point where Johnny basically has all the chips at this point, and, or most of the chips anyway, except for what Rourke's got. Rourke put, puts everything that he has left into the center. Johnny does the same. Um, and I think Rourke lays down like trip jacks. No. I know it's three of something. I think it's two pair. Is it two pair? He has, yeah. Whatever. But Johnny lays down a royal flush is what he lays down. Um, I think it is. Yeah, it's all the same suit, all descending, like ace, king, queen, jack, ten. Yeah, I think it's a royal flush. Um, And he wins because that's the highest card or highest set of cards that you could get in a game of poker. Um, Rourke is just burrowing holes into Johnny at this point. He's none too happy that this punk kid beat him at a card game. He's none too thrilled. He take Johnny takes all the coins, throws them in the duffel bag. We see the cop walk up to walk John. Walk up to him and like, hey, take what you want to go. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And Johnny's like, no, nah, I can't miss tomorrow night's game. Plus, I promised this little lady a night on the town. Yep. And we see him showing her a night on the town. We see before they go on a night of town, we see Nancy on stage again, um, doing her thing. But now she's got Hardigan's revolver with her, and she's just randomly pointing it at people. The point where she gets to the... Well, and we see her... Like, it keeps cutting back to her during the card game. Yeah, yeah. And you see her hold up his revolver and, like, point it at Rourke. Yeah, just trying to build the nerve to... To pull the trigger. Yes. Uh, Yeah, she's now on stage, and she's doing the same thing where she's randomly pointing it at people. She's got, I think, like a bottle of something in her other hand, and she's knocking it back, waving the gun around. (laughs) Which apparently Katie's like, yeah, this is par for the course. Let's let Nancy do her thing. Whatever. She ends up it's a pointing, grieving process. She ends up pointing the gun again at Rourke as he's leaving the bar, and Rourke's not paying attention to her for the a few, for a few uh, seconds, and then locks eyes with her for like a split second, and then just thinks nothing of it and just walks away, even though he just has a random person in the middle of this bar pointing a gun at him, but he thinks nothing of it. That's Katie's. This is right. part of the course. He walks out, and then we hear Johnny again. It's just the two of them having a night out on the town. He takes her all over the place. We see them um, having dinner, and his cards are now declined. And Marcy's like, it's not that you don't have the cash for it. And Johnny's like, that's not the point. Uh, we've been here too long. Thus indicating that it wasn't Johnny's credit that was out of line. It was that Johnny's credit was cut off from him by Rourke. Rourke is yes. on to him. They leave the restaurant, and Johnny immediately clocks two guys walking behind them close by. He tells Marcy to go off to the side and just stay there and don't move a muscle. Don't bring any attention to yourself. Johnny turns around and basically tells the guys, like, look, this isn't 
This isn't going to end well for you guys, so you might as well just not do this. This blackjack here that you have in your hand, it's going to fuck someone up, and it's probably going to end up killing someone. And they're not listening to any of it. They start lunging at Johnny. Johnny bests them right away. He's very skilled at fighting, apparently, and uh, lays them out completely. But at the end of the fight, Marcy comes up to Johnny, asks him if he's all right, and then we just see like a black limo pull up into the road, turns around, and then just stops. And Johnny's like, you know what? Go home or go to the hotel room 166. I'll meet you there later in the day. And Marcy's like, Are you sure? And Johnny's like, Yeah, yeah, I'll meet you there later. It'll be fine. I'll be fine. He gets in the vehicle. Um, he asks the thug that got out of the vehicle that's pointing a gun at Johnny now. He's like, Is this going to take long? Guy doesn't say anything. Shoves Johnny in. Uh, we now cut to Johnny in this limousine with Rourke on the other end, just staring at him with two of Rourke's thugs on uh, both sides of Johnny. And Rourke's like, look, you beat me at this card game. That's not good. Um, they're going to start talking, and I can't have that. And they're now going to know what happens to someone if they try to best me at anything. And Johnny's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Uh, it was just a simple card game, which this is my point. It's a fucking card game. But it's not just a card game at the same time. The, it, the impetus of why this card game is not a card game just doesn't seem interesting at all for it to be like a pissing contest between two people well, it's more the the titan that can't lose at anything lost to this kid but it's a card game who gives a shit <laughs> it's a simple he at the end of the day even win or lose okay, that card game okay, you hold still on, have hold the on, same amount on, of power hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on powerful people are very concerned <laughs> right about what people are saying about them or thinking that they're not as powerful as they think they are. Case in point, 45. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. Powerful people are ultra concerned because I'm a successful businessman. Well, what about your bankruptcies? <laughs> Don't happen. That, I mean, it's, par for the course for a powerful person even in real life to be ultra concerned about that like to be petty and weird about shit well yeah like you think that kim jong-un has ever lost at anything no because somebody would die if he did <laughs> and you can't tell me that i'm wrong because that's a hundred percent right like he runs a hundred meter dash the starter pistol goes off and everybody else runs backwards. <laughs> so you beat us by by 200 meters somehow in a 100 meter race. You're the best. You, Of course you are. You were born in a cave on a unicorn. Or some shit. Whatever the North Koreans believe about him. Um, but yeah, so... Or even the, uh, the, uh, uh, the president of the, the crazy horse... Despot. Oh, uh, Bolsonaro? Yeah, that got super fucking pissed that uh, John Oliver fucking showed people the video of him just straight up crashing a horse like a car. <laughs> <laughs> because it makes him look weak. Right. And weakness is not something that powerful people can. I guess at this point, happened. in 2014, I probably didn't mind it. Now I do because we had somebody that was like that in a position of power 
see, in to, the position of power. See, to me, that just makes it better because it, it's to me, like, it annoys the crap out of me. Well, I mean, it's it's irritating, but it's supposed to be like you're supposed to. As much as you hate this con man, like you like him because he put this guy in his place, not once, but twice. Yeah, and but, it's like, but why can't that happen in the real world? But he didn't. But he did. But he didn't put him in his place. Putting him in his place would be like, oh, this thing happened to me. I can't change it. What ultimately happens is that Johnny straight up gets killed in front of witnesses, and Rourke has no issue with that whatsoever. I could he shoot. He sits back down. I could shoot somebody on Madison Avenue. No, nobody I, would say a thing. I get the well. <laughs> I get the idea behind it, but it's. You're saying that he one-upped Rourke, but I'm just Twice. like... No, he didn't. All he did was... He was an annoying gnat at a fucking barbecue, Ryan. That's what he was. That's it. Well, it no. Served so nothing. So, so my point is... Rourke is the one that's like, you beat me at a card game, and that can't happen, because then people will think that I'm weak. Because it'll get out. And granted, what happens in... Nancy's last dance kind of negates the need for someone to start cracking away at the power. But that's what Johnny does is he starts cracking away at the veneer of power because he beats him twice. And Rourke is worried that him losing will show a certain amount of weakness. So if he doesn't, if the things that happen in Nancy's last dance don't happen, like, potentially he starts to lose power. Granted, I would have liked to see that that come a little bit further if, full circle. But. If, yeah, if something were to happen where one of his guys would basically be like, no, go ahead, whenever Nancy comes in, it's like, no, he's a bitch, by all means. But that doesn't happen. They're all standing right, with him 100%. So what Johnny does means nothing. He dies in vain. It means jack and shit, ultimately. Well, and another part of this story is... Uh, we also find out here that, yeah, in this scene. that Rourke pegged him for his son. Right away. Right away. Yeah. And apparently he's like his uh, son from like a prostitute his, mother. Yeah, his bastard son. Yeah, yeah. Um, And he says, he says in this scene that the only son that I recognize is... is Ethan. He calls him Ethan. We never get his name in the actual book, in the other books, but in this like long bad night, we get his name, at least his first name anyway, with... I guess it would be Rourke. I don't know why I was thinking it wouldn't be Rourke, but yeah, Ethan Rourke is the son's name. And that's another thing I can't stand in the Nancy story is that fucking he has pictures of his son as the yellow bastard, but yet he cannot stand the way his son looks after the experimentation. But yet he has two, not one, but two. He has a big ass one on the fucking wall and he has one on his desk. He has two of his son as the yellow bastard, not before his son become the became the yellow bastard, but after. But after, I'm just like that makes no sense. Yeah, because he says <laughs> that he can't even look at him. Right, but he has two pictures in his office, fucking of his son just grinning at him and looking at him menacingly. It, ugh, it's fucking ridiculous. Anyway, Rourke uh, basically tells Johnny, "Is like, look, um, I can't have you besting me at a card game." So, and Johnny's like, "What are you gonna fucking do?" And Rourke's like, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, you want me to show you there, big guy? He has his thugs like smack the shit out of him a few times. He starts bleeding from like the eye and the mouth and shit. And then he hands his thugs a pair of pliers. And Rourke says, 
I'm going to take uh, your playing hand from you. And then we just see one of the goons just start breaking each individual, individual finger. finger. Uh, and his hand gets all fucked up, which... The idea behind it is cool, but the way it looks, looks cheesy as fuck. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway. I will agree to that. So his hand's all mangled and shit. They throw him out of the moving vehicle. They stop. They come back out. And Rourke's like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do to you. I'm going to not going to kill you, but I'm going to fuck you up. Um, and there's nothing you do about it. You'd be better off dead, sure, to you. But to me, it'd be much better and much sweeter if you stayed a fucking mess and just broken and battered alive. And then he pumps around into Johnny's leg and they just fuck off. Johnny gets up and he basically says, I'm going to show that old man. I'm going to show them all or some shit like that before it cuts to the next story. The next story is Josh Brolin as Dwight on a roof looking down like a skylight. And he's just with the camera. He's waiting for somebody to arrive. Um, Someone comes into the room and we have a prostitute with Ray Liotta. I think the woman playing the prostitute is Juno Temple. Oh, I'm going to put this in beforehand. Um, one of the interesting lines that um, Rourke says to Johnny is defiance must be met with an example of wages of defiance. It sounded interesting, but now that I'm reading out loud, I'm just like, what the fuck does that mean, Ryan? Defiance must be met with more defiance? No. Defiance from who? Defiance must be met with the wages of that defiance. So somebody going up against the man has to be made an example of. You mess with the bull, you get the horns. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, we have this hooker in this room with this guy, and I can't remember his name. Ray Liotta is in this room with this hooker, and she's just basically talking him up. She's like, oh, I will just go with Ray. Ray, you're so smart, you're so handsome, you're so sexy. Um, and Ray's lamenting about his life and about the wife that he has and that she's going to take him for all his money, and then she somehow found out that he's been cheating on her. And uh, he's talking about, I'll show her, I'm going to show her, I'm going to show all of them. And then we have the prostitute basically, why don't you show me, baby? And she pulls out handcuffs. He handcuffs her to the bed. And uh, Josh Brolin as Dwight is just snapping pictures left and right. Because we see the Ray Liotta's character just getting undressed as he's lamenting about everything. Um, the hooker's now on the bed handcuffed. We see the uh, businessman uh, mount her. Uh, Lack of a better word. And then they just start fucking at this point. Uh, and it's not very long. We hear Josh Brolin say, I watch him as he performs on this woman. It doesn't last very long. And he's just grunting on top of her for maybe like five seconds before <clears throat> yeah, before things end. And she's still handcuffed to the bed. And he's just lamenting about how... Or Ray Liotta is just lamenting about how that she's going to take me for everything I've got. I've got to make sure she doesn't find out about any of this. I'm sorry, baby. I love you. He pulls out a gun. And she's just, at this point, also trying to basically be like, hey, just get me out. Just hand me the keys to the cuffs, and I'll just leave, and you won't ever hear from me again. And the guy's like, no, I can't have this. This isn't going to happen. I can't let her find out. And as he's about to shoot the prostitute, we see Josh Brolin starting to walk away. And he's like, you know what? I can't let this happen. Not today. He jumps through the skylight onto Ray Liotta, um, and I think he like punches him a few times. And we hear the prostitute just yelling, kill him, kill him, kill him. And Dwight ends up stopping, and he's like, no, no one's dying tonight. Um, he unhandcuffs the prostitute and then handcuffs Ray Liotta's characters to the bed. And we see the hooker just basically, once she's, in, she's safe, she's just like, like taking off a mask. 
which all it says probably she takes off a wig and we see her orange hair and she just like becomes a different person entirely uh-huh. um, she's not like that cute like baby doll thing that she was having or that she was doing with Ray Liotta's character she's just this whole different person um, and she says thanks to Dwight he escorts her out gives her a ride back to Old Town um, as she's um, uh, leaving the vehicle she says thanks for my life to Dwight and then we just get a monologue of Dwight. I want to remember what he says. <laughs> okay, this isn't the actual <laughs> fucking... Somebody, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but somebody wrote the screenplay um, for this. But they did it in a way that's, I guess, mocking it. So private investigator Josh Brolin watches through a skylight as Ray Liotta cheats on his wife with some hooker. Hooker, greetings, Ray. I am a prostitute. You seem unstable, but I still—I shall still allow you to handcuff me to the bed. Ray Liotta, how very thoughtful of you. It makes killing you so much easier. Hooker, oh no, help. Oh, woe is me. <laughs> Josh Brolin, I didn't sign up for this. I should just go home, collect my paycheck, and move on with my life. But on the other hand, this is fucking, uh, uh, not pathetic, but psychotic. Is this what passes for a moral quandary in the Millerverse? Whether or not I should let an innocent woman die for no goddamn reason. <laughs> Josh performs a Morrow stomp onto Ray. <laughs> Thank you, kind sir. Would you like a congratulatory fuck? Uh, Josh Brolin, I'm good. Hooker, <laughs> what a gentleman. <laughs> Josh receives a call from his ex-girlfriend, Eva Green. Josh, I simply have to talk to you. As a matter of fact, as the first female character in this movie with half a personality, I demand it. Josh Brolin, half a personality is right, sister. Where should we meet? Where the fuck you do you think? I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. Let's, let's just read the script the rest of the fucking time. It's fine. Oh, anyway, so... Uh, the long and short of what Josh says is like, this is the old town. This is the town that women run and all that. And he's none too happy about it. We see him lament as he's driving into the town. He's none too happy about the lives that these women have to live because of what stupid people have decided to deem as worthy and deem what is okay for these, the life that these women need to live. Um, and he's talking about, don't let the beast out. Don't ever let the beast out again. You let it out once and look what happened. He's hinting at something that happened in his past. Um, we see him pull over and he's just like cursing to the gods at this point, lamenting about how he can't let the demon out, can't let this monster out, no matter what happens, he's got to keep control of it. Um, we then cut to him pulling up to his apartment and he's some sort of like private investigator. He's a, he's a dick. Yes. Um, and, uh, he gets, yeah, he walks into his apartment and right when he does, his phone rings immediately. He picks it up and it's Ava Lord. And she's telling um, Dwight, hey, I need to talk to you. As the right first now. female character with half a personality. <laughs> right. <laughs> I demand it. <laughs> uh, and she's telling him, like, look, I need to talk to you. The man I'm married to, he's no good for me. He's abusing me. And Dwight's he's like, he's beating I, me. He's mentally abusive. Right. He's... And Dwight's not having any of it. He's not listening to any of it. He's like, you ever call me again, go fuck yourself. Um, you ever call me again, I'll fucking kill you or some shit like that. Um, but she eventually talks Dwight into meeting her at Katie's. Uh, Dwight's there. He talks about how he showed up 20 minutes early to make sure he scopes the place out or some shit like that. Um, and he's watching Nancy dance. And then all of a sudden, he senses that Ava Lord is at the door. He turns around. 
And there she is, sauntering over towards uh, Dwight. She's very happy that Dwight came. And she's just trying any which way to get her claws back into Dwight. Um, she's just weaseling her way into her. Um, obviously, if you've read the story before you watch this movie, you know the type of person that Ava Lord is. And that she's just saying things to say it to try to get her hooks back into Dwight. Right. So she's constantly like, oh, I don't know if I hear... I, I'm sorry, Dwight. I'm sorry for what happened in the past. Please forgive me. Just say you forgive she's me. She's a manipulator. And then she, as she's about to leave, she's like, I don't want to go back. Please don't make me go back. And then um, as she's... And maybe that's why I don't like this segment as much. Why? Uh, well, as much as you have a problem with the last segment because of what's happened in recent history, maybe that's why I don't like... Because what's happened with you. Because what's happened in recent history. (laughs) You're not wrong. Because now that I'm thinking about it, yes, there are similarities. Maybe that's why. (laughs) Oh my god. That has to be it. (laughs) Because there are huge similarities between Ava Lord and what you had to deal with, I'd say, what, like six months ago? No. It's about a year now. About a year. Year ago. Anyway. Let's move on from that, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it just like struck me like a bolt of fucking lightning as you're like, yeah, this bitch is a manipulator. I'm like, that oh, sounds familiar. Holy shit. <laughs> um, and she adds her having this conversation. And then my head hit the wall. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> as they're having this conversation, Dwight is telling her, no, just leave. And then up comes Minute. He says, Miss Lord. Your husband would be expecting you now. It's time to go. And Dwight's like, what the fuck are you doing? She'll leave when she wants to fucking leave. He stands up. Ava tries to stop him from doing anything. And Minute's like, look, she's coming with me whether you like it or not. Dwight's like, the fuck she is. And then off to the side, we see Dwight. He's like, is, is this guy bothering you, Dwight? Um, and he's like, I don't have anything to do tonight. I can get into a fight. <laughs> no, it's not Dwight that we see over or, the side. Uh, Marv, Marv, sorry. <laughs> fucking names uh it's marv off to the side at the bar saying is this bo- guy bothering it's okay you, i'll get a fight i'll fuck care Woo! <laughs> i was doing anything else uh dwight tells him no no no. this isn't your fight marv um and before dwight can do anything uh ava steps in he's like no dwight this i don't want you to get hurt by him he's not human or some shit like that uh minute walks her way uh, he says a few things to her, like, basically, you need to get home, Damien's waiting for you, or some shit like that. Um, he ends up taking her home, and I think Dwight just basically has an internal monologue of him just basically, Ava Lord, that fucking bitch, I don't know why she's in my life again, I don't know where she came, what rock she crawled out of under, and now he's back in his apartment, he's just sitting on his bed, and he's like, day turns into night, night turns into day. And turns into night again or some shit like that. And he's just apparently obsessing about Ava. That's what the point he's getting across, is that he's obsessing about Ava with just a simple conversation that he had. Right. Ava does have a claw back into Dwight at this point. Um, we see him smoking a cigarette. He goes to uh, take a hit off the cigarette. He's like, where did the cigarette come from? Oh, no, it's happening again. The monster's coming out. I can't let that happen. He takes all the cigarettes, throws them out of his window. And then he's just like, maybe I should go check on Ava. Something doesn't feel right. Something she said just something's up i need to go there and figure out what's going on and then we just see dwight uh sneak onto ava's property her husband's property damien lord's property uh he's just like slinking around the rooftops in his dick fashion yeah um and he gets to the point where he's able to like somewhat hide from everybody um but then watch what's going on with ava and she's diving into the pool naked and right away dwight's like she doesn't look hurt 
she looks perfectly fine and calm and content where she's at and what she's doing. Something's not up or something's not right. Something is up. And right when he puts those two to two together, oh, here comes a gun right next to his head. He's like, freeze, pervert. And it's the, one of the guards for the Lord compound. Um, they take him down to Minute, and Minute immediately is like, takes his camera and just breaks it with one hand. Like, no effort whatsoever, just has it in his hand, boop, pops it like a fucking balloon. Um, uh, Ava comes up, he's like, Dwight, what are you doing here? Minute pulls her away. And uh, Ava's like, I'm sorry, Dwight, walks back into the house, and Minute says very little, and then just we hear Dwight say, I got hit in the crotch by an atom bomb. And then we see Dwight just kick him right in the dick. Um, and then we he's see like, Minute. Or yeah, we see Minute kick him right in the dick. Dwight says, I get hit in the face by a freight train. And then he just punches Dwight in the face. And then Dwight's just like, I'm floating. I don't even know if I'm alive or dead at this point. I'm just floating in an abyss. And then he's like, I wake up whenever they throw me out of the car. We see him being thrown out of a car as it speeds by his apartment. We see him land on the ground. He's a bit of a bloody mess at this point. And then he gets up and he's like, oh, there's my car. What do you know? They were nice enough to bring my car. That was thoughtful of them. And then he's like, why the fuck would they bring me my car? This doesn't make any sense. He gets back into his apartment and his door is open. And he sees Ava's coat on his coat rack. And I think he sees her purse as well. He goes into his bedroom and there's Ava stark fucking naked. Telling Dwight, he's like, I didn't think you fucking loved me, but here you were back at uh, that place checking up on me. So you clearly are in love with me. And Dwight's like, fuck you, no, that's not, no, this is, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> that's got nothing to do with it. I swear <laughs> to God, you you women don't know what the hell, my shirt's stuck. <laughs> and then oh, Ava says, if you can't love me, hate me. If you can't forgive me, then punish me. And she's saying as much, fuck the shit out of me. Fuck the ever-loving life out of me, Dwight, right now. And they end up fucking. Um, it because ends of with. of course they do. Yes. It ends with, if Ava Green was fucking saying, hey, fuck well, me. Oh, yeah. Fair. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> and it ends with Dwight basically saying, she has me heart and soul. I'm hers. I'm helpless without her or some shit like that. Basically, it's full on uh, batshit crazy of uh, her manipulation just sunk fully into Dwight at this point. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. They are now, it's later in the day. And uh, Dwight is sitting on his bed, naked, with smoking a cigarette. Um, Ava Lord's uh, by the window, just looking at things outside, smoking a cigarette as well, naked uh, as well. Um, and she's just telling Dwight, it's like, he's evil. He's an evil drunk. He's, he, he's got this sexual drive that is just sinister. He's constantly adding new things that just hurt me. Um, and he's getting to the point where it's almost to that... Uh, area where it seems like he's going to try to kill me as he's having sex with me. Dwight's like, no, that ain't fucking happening. Ava's like, he knows where I am. He probably knows where I, that I'm here right now. Ain't that right, Minute? And there's Minute in the doorway of Dwight's apartment. And Minute's like, Miss Lord, we need to get you back right now. And Dwight's like, the fuck you do? He steps in between Minute. And Ava's like, no, 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 don't do this. You don't want to fight him. He's not human. She says something similar. She says in the bar. And we just uh, see... Uh, it's a tight shot on Dwight, and then we see Manute just swing at Dwight, and he's like, I, I think he says he gets hit by a Mack truck to the chest. And he just basically gets punched out of his apartment, through the window, and just get, barrels down to the ground. He's still naked, 
fucking just hitting the ground hard at this point. We see Ava get back into Manute's car. Manute drive off. And I think Dwight says, he's like, I got to come up with a plan. I got to figure some shit out. He gets dressed and we see him back at the bar. And he's just sitting at the bar waiting for someone to arrive. We don't know who. If you've read the books, you know who the fuck he's waiting for. So he was waiting in there. He sees Marv and he tells Marv, like, look, I need your help. And Marv's like, sure. I've got nothing. Once again, I've got nothing. (laughs) Hey, um, so Marv, you know that fight that you wanted to get in? Yeah. (laughs) Excited Marv noises. (laughs) (laughs) Marv is being told the story of what happened with Eva or Ava and um, everything that Ava told Dwight about what her husband is doing to her. Damien Lord and all the evil shit and Dwight says I tell him everything and I watch his eyes go blood red with killing rage or some shit like that and we see Marv his eyes are spot colored red getting pissed yeah and Dwight's all for or Marv's all for killing whoever needs to be killed at this point Uh, we see Marv and Dwight driving in a car going to the Lord compound Uh, Marv pulls out a gun and Dwight's like no 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 we're not killing anybody we just want if you want to just Maim them a bit, that's fine, but no one dies tonight. And Marv's like, oh, man, fine. <laughs> Not allowed to have any fun. <laughs> right. Um, they get to the compound, uh, and the plan is to basically, Dwight's going to sneak in while Marv creates a commotion on the other end of the compound. Marv goes to the other end of the compound and just starts wrecking shop. All the guards go to there, and we just see Marv just tearing through fucking guards left and right. Dwight ends up sneaking into the compound, we cut back to Marv. He's finished off all the guys, and now Minute is standing in front of him. And they go at it. It's fucking spectacular. I love what happens in this uh, sequence fucking of events. see two juggernauts fighting each other. Um, but up to this point, we see people punching, or we see Dwight punching Minute a few times. And Minute has not uh, reacted to him. Now, when the Marv fight happens, Marv clocks him once, and Minute staggers backwards a bit. Thus meaning Man- Marv, it, Manarv, Manute. <laughs> Same thing, buddy, at Manarv's. <laughs> right. uh, Manute has been uh, bested by Marv. Um, and we see the back and forth. We, Marv throws a few more punches. Uh, Manute throws a few punches at Marv. And they just go back and forth for a bit to the point where Marv gets thrown into like a nearby fountain. He pops up out of the fountain. He just like, fuck it, and runs and screams at Manute, runs him through a window, they land on the other side of the window, and Marv is just on top of Manute, just wailing on his face. Just bam, 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 bam. Um, Manute passes out from being, I guess, concussed at this point. And Marv sees it and just scoops out fucking Marv's eye from his like right eye Manute. socket. Manute's eye. Manute's eye. Fucking hell. Uh, Marv scoops out Manute's eye from his right eye. And he says, I wrote it down. He just says, while well, he's like playing with it in his fingers, he's like, I haven't had one of these in my hands for days. And then we cut to. Oh, like, man, it's been days since I held I, a human eye. Right. What the fuck is your week like? <laughs> um, we cut to. You never see him lace his boots, but it's with human entrails. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, we cut to Dwight getting to inside the, uh, house, the Lord house, and he gets up to Damien where Damien is. He's reading a book. Damien's reading a book, not hearing anything happen. He walks into the, I guess, study that, uh, Damien's in and he tells Damien, uh, don't move a muscle or some shit like that. Damien's like, what are you doing here? What is my 
ridiculous pathological liar of a wife done to get you here? He sets the book down and he starts reaching for a gun. Dwight says, don't do, don't go towards that desk. And then does nothing. Oh, yeah? What are you going to do if I <laughs> yeah, take a little step? Yeah, I take a little stepy step. <laughs> Damien continues to go to the fucking desk and Dwight does nothing. Hey, He's like, hey, go for it. Hey, stop that. Don't, don't you, don't you leave. Don't you leave. Don't don't you go to that bus stop. Don't, don't you get on that bus. Have you ever watched those videos of people? They have a, a cat that's just a little bitch um, that just slowly is inching don't things off. Don't you do off. it. <laughs> don't you. Don't you knock that down. And then knocks it down. And we just hear whatever they knock down just shatter. And they're like, oh, what the hell? It's that. This is that scene. Yeah, well, well, that's. I was doing the uh, the Family Guy bit. The, <laughs> yeah. Don't you get on that bus? Don't you shake his hand? Okay, now I'm mad. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so Damien grabs the gun, points it at Dwight, and Dwight doesn't do much about it. He walks up to Damien, pretty much tells Damien, "You're never gonna hurt her again." And Damien's like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Hurt her? I've never hurt a, her a day in my life." Dwight's not having any of it, and he just starts punching Damien, and he. Punches him in the face and then basically takes like the corner of his like index finger and his thumb, right that little crook right there between the two fingers, and just rams it into Damien's throat. In the book, this is what happens that kills Damien. The fight goes on for a bit more here in the movie, but he basically crushes Damien's throat and just starts pummeling. He starts uh, hitting him a few more times and then he realizes, oh, he's not moving. Oh shit, he's dead. Oops. And then as he realizes that he's dead, here's Ava Green. Marv walks in and goes, what the hell? <laughs> no killing my No ass. killing. <laughs> yes, I'm the Do as I say, not as I do. Humph. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, On the way out, he kicks a guard like it's a, like a five-pound toy poodle and just goes flying. Like, <laughs> 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 he just looks at Dwight. Look, you made me do that. That's on you. Whatever happens to him, that's on you, not me. Um, we see Ava uh, Lord behind Dwight, and she's like, so how did it feel? And Dwight's like, what are you talking about? How did what feel? And she's like, killing an innocent man. He's like, what? What just happened? She's like, oh, I got you to kill him. He hasn't abused me at all. And this is where we actually see Ava Lord's true colors, the snake-in-the-grass type person that she is. Um, her voice changes a bit. We see her in the more like sinister type voice. And before we see her in like a more like innocent battered wife type voice. This time she's not that. She's very much in control. <laughs> I wanted your help to take his money. Yep. And that's what she says. She's like, you, I uh, had one more piece to get everything in order and you just took care of that piece for me. And um, Dwight's like, I don't understand. And Ava's like, here, I'll help you. Fires a few rounds into Dwight. Dwight is clearly putting two and two together. What do you mean? Bang! What was that? Bang! Oh, you're a bad guy. Yeah. Um, and Dwight's trying to plead with her not to do this, and Ava's like, "I'm not listening to the word you're fucking saying." He puts a few. She puts a few more rounds into him, and then she's like, "Goodbye, Dwight." Puts one more round. I believe it goes into his eye. It's not very clear. I know what happens in the comic. Yeah, I'm not sure. In, in the, the comic, movie. he lands on his fucking head. And that's why his eyeballs oh, yeah. all like that. Yeah. But in this, they fire, cut to black, and then he's being thrown outside the uh, compound. Right. He lands on his face. So I'm assuming it might be the he just got shot in the chest again and then just got thrown outside. I don't know. Hard to Doesn't say. really explain. But yes, he falls on his face. Dwight sees this. Ava's still 
uh, firing rounds at Marv Dwight. Marv sees this. Mar- Marv sees this. Fucking hell. Marv, Marv sees this. Who the fuck is Mark? Marv sees this. Mm. Um, picks up Dwight like it's just a sack of potatoes. Like there's no issue whatsoever. Just in the crook of his arm as he runs away. Um, uh, Ava's like, damn it. Walks away. Marv is now in the vehicle with Dwight. And he's just talking to Dwight like there's no issue whatsoever. He's got Minute's hat on. And he's talking to Dwight like, oh, yeah, I didn't kill anybody like you said. but I got eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I also, I know you wanted me to take your Mustang. But I, I saw this uh, nice cherry right here. And I just couldn't, I couldn't resist on taking that. Oh, anyway, I know you're bleeding in the back. But I just wanted to tell you all these things. And he just keeps yammering on and on and on. And Marv tells him, he's like, I got know a guy to help you out. We're going to get to him here real quick. And uh, Dwight's like, no, no, no. <laughs> Dwight's like, no, no, no. Take me to Old Town. And Marv's like, Old Town's way too far. You're never going to make it. And then Dwight stands up, and we see his all fucked up, like half his eyeballs like popping out. He's like, take me to Old Town now. And Marv's like, all right. Okay, you're the boss. <laughs> uh, I wasn't allowed to kill anybody. Now you want me to take you to Old Town. We then cut to, I think this is where we are introduced to Bob and Mort. And they're interviewing Ava about what happened. And she's talking about how Dwight killed her husband, it's Dwight McCarthy. Deranged, crazy ex-lover. Yeah, he uh, would come by every so often and beat me after he was drunk, blah, blah, blah. And we see Mort falling for it left, right, and center. Just the hook, line, and sinker. He's falling for every word she's wow, saying. Wow, she's great. And Bob is having none of it. He doesn't understand. He would still fuck Ava, but he's not falling for her tricks at like, all. I'm wise to your shit, woman. Right. Um, they, Mar, or Mort is very um, gentle to her. So he, he like sits down on the couch next to her. He starts like patting her legs. He's like, it's okay. Everything's all right. We see Ava starting to cry. And Mort's just trying to console her um, while Bob asks her questions and is, like I said, not falling for any of her tricks. So she's got her hooks in Mort, not Bob. They walk out, and Bob's like, yeah, that's a nice piece of ass there. And Mort's like, I'm married, Bob. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I was like, oh, come on. At least being a cop in Sid City, it has its benefits. Go fuck her. And Mort's like, no, it's not happening, Bob. We then cut to... I think also in that scene, we see, we hear Mort say, yeah, we've got uh, policemen chasing after them. And then we cut to um, Dwight and Marv running through the streets of, not running, but driving through the state streets of Sin City away from the cops. And Marv is having a fucking ball. <laughs> Whee! <laughs> he's knocking cop cars left and right out of the road. And he's just like, you know what, kid? This was fucking fun. We should do this more often. As he just gets out of the, uh, he has like uh, three cop cars on him. Um, he knocks one out, still has the three on him. He, the two stop once he hits Old Town. And Dwight's like, oh, this must be a rookie cop. He doesn't know any better. Because then we see a bunch of the Old Town girls like lining the rooftops, just laying into this cop car with their weapons. Yep. Um, they don't kill the cop, but they do dismantle the fuck out of his car. The cop, or cops, I think there's two of them in this vehicle. Get the fuck out of there, but the ladies just torch the car. Literally torch the car. Yeah. They have a flamethrower, they light it on fire. Um, we then cut to Dwight and Marv pulling into like a back alley with the vehicle that Marv stole. M- Dwight is in Marv's hands, like just barely alive at this point. And Marv's like, I don't think this is a good idea. Uh, I'm not going to fight these girls because he sees just uh, several girls walking up. And out of the center of the girls comes Gail. Gail. In uh, her outfit, it's very similar to the comic books. It's I fucking I don't know why, 
but they decided like in the comics it's not spot colored at all but here they decided to put her coat that is red in a spot co- selective yeah. coloring yeah i don't know why but i love that better than what's in the actual graphic novel um, she walks up. He's like, all right, you need to tell us why the fuck the cops are chasing after you and why we should let you stay alive. And Marv's like, uh, 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 and then we just hear Dwight yell out, Gail. And Gail recognizes, oh, shit, that's Dwight. She drops her guns, runs through Dwight, picks him up. She starts carrying him away. And then we hear Dwight say, oh, and then I have um, uh, a jolt in my chest or something like that. So he's dying at this point because he's having a heart attack or something. And he drops to the ground. Um, Gail is like, get Molly. Um, one of the prostitutes runs off. We then cut to later in the night, and Dwight is slowly waking up. And we hear him say, I wake up in the room I haven't been in years or some shit like that. Anyway, he wakes up, and he sees Gail right in front of him. And Gail's like, are you okay, Dwight? Um, you can stay here as long as you need. Um, and once you get better... Once that ticker of yours is in tip-top shape, just know I'm going to beat the shit out of you whenever I can because of you leaving. Uh, and I think she said something else. But basically, she's pissed at him for leaving right. and leaving Old Town, leaving her. And Dwight's like, I'm sorry. I thought there was a bigger world out there for me, and I thought I could be part of it. And, and Gail's like, what the fuck? There's nothing other than Sin City. I don't know why you left. And Dwight just says, I'm sorry. I think we cut to Mort in the middle of the night, just smoking a cigarette, just looking at the ceiling next to his wife. She's asleep, but he's just like, I guess, daydreaming about Ava. Eva. Or, yeah, Ava. Yeah, the actress is Eva Green. The character is Ava, Ava Lord. But yeah, he gets up, goes to his phone, he calls. And we cut to, before he actually makes the call, we cut to Eva in her uh, house, um, just enjoying a bath at this point, apparently. Um, the phone rings and she's like about fucking time. She picks it up and it's Mort on the other end and she's telling Mort, I'm scared. I don't know what to do. I can't sleep well. What are you doing? And he's like, I can't think. I know all I can do is think about your case and Mort or in, uh, Ava's like, look, I know this is, uh, out of the ordinary, but can you come over here and keep me company? And Mort's like, oh, sure I can. We cut to Mort driving up to her place. She's barely clothed whenever he comes. <laughs> so clearly... <laughs> So clearly, they're going to fuck. Um, we cut to uh, back to Dwight. Marv is gone at this point. There's no more Marv yep. in the rest of the story. We cut to Dwight. He is now sitting in a chair, partially bandaged, like over his eye and shit. And uh, Goldie and Wendy walk up and they're like, look, it's been fun, but you need to get the fuck out of here. And Dwight's like, no, that's not happening. And both Goldie and Wendy is like, the fuck you say? And they're like, Miho, uh, and out comes walk, out comes walk, out walks Miho. And we should also mention at this point, I forgot to mention it before we started talking about this. So there are several characters that have been replaced, or several actors that have been replaced. Yes. So, and the reason is, so Brittany Murphy, Shelly character, she was going to play a part in this, because she's one of those characters that kind of like blends into all the stories. But Brittany Murphy passed away at this point. And so they just retired the Shelly character altogether. They right. didn't replace him. Um, Manute, because of because of its uh, a much bigger part, they had to replace the actor that played Manute in the first one, David Michael Clark Duncan. Um, he uh, also passed who's, away. Yeah, who was also deceased. 
Um, they replaced him with David Haysbert, um, and he does an all right job. I preferred Michael Clark Duncan, but I did Haysbert does a pretty decent job. He looks similar enough. Yes, that He's I just can, not as big. That I can buy. That this is an early version, earlier, yeah, version of the same character, right? Or the same person playing the character. Right. And same goes with Miho. They replaced Devin Aoki with, um, I think her name is uh, Jamie Chung. Um, the reason they put, replaced David, uh, Devin Aoki is because she was in the middle of, uh, I don't know, being pregnant. Yeah. So she just couldn't take the role of skinny little Miho, uh, a ninja assassin. With a big old pot belly. <laughs> right. So they asked for Miho to come in. Miho does. She unsheathes her samurai sword, puts it through the chair in the back of Dwight's uh, back and twists. Uh, Wendy and Goldie say, Miho, can you twist? And she does. And Dwight feels it. We see him like wince in pain and everything. And then we hear Gail in the back. He's like, look, if you kill him, you're going to have to kill me as well. Uh, this is what Gail says. And then uh, Gail goes into uh, Miho. Why don't you uh, tell us all what happened in that alley against those Tong gentlemen? There are five of them, correct? You got three of them, but then two of them came up behind you and then someone took them out. Guess who that was? And Dwight confirms the story. He's like, yes, that was me. Miho doesn't listen to Goldie and Wendy anymore, walks to the side of me or walks to the side of Dwight and just I guess like gives him a look. She doesn't say as much, but like it's like a thank you. Is a, is a okay, I'm indebted to you because you saved my life at yeah, one point. Yeah, because he just basically like nods at her. Like I yeah. I can't take your life because you saved mine. Right. And you're like, yeah, good. <laughs> Um, and Dwight says, look, I've got a plan and this is what it is. We don't hear the plan, but we do hear, or we cut to, um, Mort in Ava's apartment. They had just got done fucking because Mort is now getting dressed. And this is probably one of the most weird scenes because I don't remember this in the actual graphic novel. It could be. And I just blocked it out because of what happens in this scene is so fucked up. Um, so she's talking about how Dwight used to kill or used to, uh, beat her. And have sex with her, and then he raped her. And while this is happening, Mort is basically no, d- not that, and anything but that. And then whenever he hears that Dwight raped her, he then mounts Ava and fucks her. That's fucking weird. Yeah. Um, because as they're fucking, she's like, "You need to kill him, kill him, kill him, kill him." As she climaxes, and then the phone rings, and on the other end of the phone is Dwight, and he pretty much says. Um, you didn't kill me. Nice fucking try. But once I get better, I'm coming for you. And we see on his end and he's all bandaged up and something's happened to his face. Something's going on, but he's all wrapped all over his face. Don't know what it is, but he's bandaged up. And Ava is just listening to what happened and she's pissed. We cut to later in the conversation and Ava is lamenting at Mort. He's like, look, you need to do something about Dwight McCarthy. You need to go to Old Town and get him. And we see Mort, he's kind of having a hard time doing this because all the cops know. Don't go to Old Town. You do not go to Old Town. You go to Old Town to fuck a prostitute, give them the money, and fuck off. That's it. If you go to Old Town to try to arrest someone, you're going to be in trouble because it's run by the girls. And um, Ava's like, are you a man or not? You know what? Only a man can fuck me. And we see Mort basically be like, he doesn't say as much, but he has this look like, all right, if I want to fuck her anymore, I'm going to have to go to Old Town and, and get, get Dwight. We cut to later, and it's Bort. Bort. 
and it's Bob and Mort driving in the car. <laughs> uh, that's their couple I like name. Bort. <laughs> that's their relationship name, Bort. Um, and uh, Bob is basically saying to Mort, "Is like, look, don't do this. This is going to end badly for you. You this know is the a cops bad have idea. The cops cannot go into Old Town and start throwing their weight around. What are you doing this for? For this fucking whore? There's no reason. And Mort's not having any t- any of this. Anytime Bob says she's a slut, whore, floozy, or just someone trying to manipulate Mort, Mort gets more and more pissed, and isn't having none of it. Bob gets to the point where he's like, look." Stop it's this my right fucking girlfriend. Man. He's like, you know what? I've had, Mort says, I've had about enough of this. He pulls out his gun, pull, uh, raises it to Bob's face. Bob says, Mort, no. And then Mort pulls the trigger, bam, killing Bob. Um, he pulls the car off to the side, pulls Bob out, throws him over the cliff. And then Mort, I guess, couldn't take the uh, living with killing his partner, takes the gun, points to his head, and blows his brains out. Um, it is stupid. It's a bit more extensive in the graphic novel. Like, there's a bit more of, like, a reasoning of why he killed. Like, in this, he just kills Bob. He doesn't say a fucking thing. Yep. And then kills himself. Yep. In the graphic novel, it's him rationalizing why he needs to kill himself because he killed his partner. And now he's trying to go into Old Town and start this war between the girls and the police. It's not going to end for anybody. And Ava's got my her hooks into me. So the best thing I can do, he just puts his gun to his head and kills himself. So it's a bit more extensive in the graphic novel. There's, There's a bit more explanation. Yeah, a little bit more thought. Right. And, stuff. and here, not so much. We then cut to... Uh, it's a party that Ava's having. This is where we first get uh, a glimpse at Wong Quest. And she she walks up. We see um, Gail at the party as one of the servants. So she's just basically getting intel at here. Um, and we just see Gail periodically in the crowd, just looking at Ava, watching the conversation that Ava and Wong Quest is having. And Ava walks up to Wong Quest and tells Wong Quest, it's so nice to see you here. And Wong Quest or Quist or tells her, I was like, yeah, being of all the troubles that you've had lately, it's interesting that you would hold a party. And Ava's like, look, Mary's reason I held this party is because I needed to get access to you. And I know you like going to parties, so here we are. And Ava's like, look, I need your help. And Wallen Quest is like, sure, I'll help you. Dwight's a pain in my ass as well. And we both know that I need to get the fucking girls out of Old Town so I can control Old Town. So... Look, we're both in the same boat. Getting two birds stoned at the at once. <laughs> what? We're getting two birds stoned at once. Yep. <laughs> you mean we're hitting two birds with one stone? <laughs> it's a Rickyism from uh, Trailer Park Boys. Oh, I see. <laughs> it's also instead of a worst case scenario, it's worst case Ontario. <laughs> Water under the fridge instead of water under the bridge. <laughs> okay. Um, he just says things wrong. But that one I just fucking love. You're getting two birds stoned at once instead no. of hitting two birds at once. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's one scene I forgot before this party for Ava's is that there's a small scene of Manute. And he's got his golden eye and he's in a hospital bed in traction. His arms are like splayed out and everything. He's basically healing from everything. And this is before Dwight has his f- a face completely revealed of his new face. So he's right. in bandages and everything. And he's on Manute's bed just pointing a gun at him. And he's like, look, um, Manute, I know you've been in on it from the beginning. So why don't you just stay here and just tell me who the fuck she is? And Manute's like, you know who she is. She's Ava Lord. She's a goddess. She's everything to me. 
And Manute's or Dwight's like, look, you've been fucking her, haven't you? And Manute's like, no, I would never touch the goddess. There's no way in hell I would do that. And then he goes on to say, the thing that she does is that she's able to take a simple-minded man and make them do what she wants. And um, with uh, Damien, it was the princess bride. With you, it was damsel in distress. And she does it well. And Dwight's like, look, what you've done to me so far doesn't constitute you being killed, um, but you being the way you are right now, uh, all fucked up, perfectly fine, because all you've done is punch me right now. But if you get in my way one more time, I'm going to put you down. So stay here. Um, we then cut to Ava's party, where Wallenquest agrees to take out um, Dwight and the girls in order to take control of Old Town. And she, he, Wallenquest looks like a human thumb, or walking thumb, because he's got no neck. It's all just his head down to his shoulders. Yep. No neck whatsoever. Looks like a fucking thumb um, with like warts and stuff all over him. Uh, and we see that in the comics. In the comics, like with Kingpin, uh, with um, what's his name? Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin. In the comics, Wallen Quest is very much bigger than what we see here. Right. Um, we then cut, or Wallen Quest tells her, tells Ava, I know a guy out in Texas that will be able to help. We then cut to the train station, a train pulling up, and uh, we have Manute waiting there for somebody and out walks um, what Manute thinks is his guy, Campbell. We'll find out who it is here in a bit. And Manute's like, oh, Mr. Campbell, it's nice to see you. And Campbell tosses him his bag. Manute's like, look, uh, get in the car. I'll take you to Miss Lloyd's place right now. And Campbell's like, no, I've got my own ride coming. And we see like this uh, cherry mint uh, Cadillac pulling up. And Manute's like, Miss Lord won't like this. And Campbell's like, I don't, I give, I don't a give a fuck. <laughs> and he hops in the car, and he's got someone with him in the car. He gives her a kiss, and they start following Manute. They start driving up to the compound. They get into the compound. Dwight parks the car, or <laughs> Campbell parks the car, gets out. <laughs> There's too many names in this movie. I know. Too many, like, one to two syllable names that are fucking ridiculous. Dwight, or Campbell gets out of the car, agrees to follow Manute. They walk away. He leaves his friend at the car. I'm trying to think of where they go. So they go to like the, where the hot tub is, which is just near the carport that they park the car yeah. in. Tells uh, Campbell to stop way right there. Tells this guy if he moves, kill him. Um, Manute takes the guns that he knows that D- Dwight slash Campbell has on, and he tells Dwight, look, I know it's you. Spot on work to your, whoever changed your face because I couldn't tell. But your eyes. I can always tell someone from their eyes. And they did not change that. But good work to Surgeon. Hat off to him. He did really good work. And me as a viewer, n- no, he didn't. Because he's supposed to look like... Du- he doesn't even look like Dwight from the comics. Right. He looks like fucking Clive Owen looked very fucking similar to the way Dwight was drawn in the graphic novel. But the makeup that they put on Josh Brolin, he does not look remotely like the graphic novel Dwight or even Clive Owen. He just, he looks like a poor imitation. Yeah. And it's a bit jarring to see. I know what they were trying to do. They couldn't get Clive on because of scheduling reasons. So they just did what they had to do with the, because it's just this one sequence that they would have had Clive Owen for. So they right. figured put Josh Brolin in a makeup would have been perfectly fine. It just doesn't work for me. It looks weird. Uh, it just, there's something just off yeah. about it. Anyway, the cat's out of the bag at this point. They know Dwight is not who he says, or Campbell's not who he says he is. They know he's Dwight. So Manute ushers him over to the goddess. Manute says, look at her. And we just see 
um, Ava Lord just like floating in a hot tub. It's almost ethereal the way they make her look. Um, she's just floating there, like having her arms and stuff just float all around her, almost very goddess-like. Mm-hmm. Um, she gets out of the hot tub, puts on a robe, and I think she pretty much tells Dwight, like, look, it's been fun, but now you gotta die. Yeah, now I'm done with you. You can't kill my husband again, and I already have all this money, and I'm protecting my interests by getting in bed with Wall and Quest, so yeah. Ciao, motherfucker. You're done. <laughs> um, and as this Peace. conversation is happening, we see Gail, or the woman that was with Campbell, uh, which is Gail, uh, trying to seduce one of the guards that's watching over Gail. And she's like, you know what? You shouldn't. They shouldn't have left you with little old me. She takes off her jacket. And then the guard starts stroking his gun. That's not a euphemism. He starts stroking his gun. He's got an Uzi in his hand, and he just starts stroking it, Ryan. Um, and she's like, wait a minute, I need to get something out of the trunk. Which is absolutely a euphemism. <laughs> well, yes, what they're trying is to make it a euphemism where he's getting turgent, but it just looks ridiculous. It's just a grown man. I don't know what you're talking about, Greg. <laughs> right. Uh, she... <laughs> That's not annoying at all, right? <laughs> Um, but she says, oh, wait, I need to get something out of the trunk, and then we can have fun. She opens up the trunk, and immediately Miho pops up and cuts the guy's head off. Um, and then we just get a sequence of a... What's in it? What you got to get out of the trunk? Just a little Miho. All right. Um, Who, you know, in the other movie, we were told she's was a badass, or she's a badass. Yeah, a deadly assassin. And, I mean, you see her chop off a guy's hand with a swastika and sword a couple of guys. And you're like, man, she's pretty good with it. But yeah. Like, I don't think she's... In this movie... I don't think she's really that dangerous. But in this movie... They put that name to the test. She is that dangerous. Because <laughs> we get a sequence of events of her jumping out of the uh, trunk and then just jumping over uh, every different like roof on this compound and just taking out motherfuckers left and right. We see her jump into like a group of bad guys. <laughs> she kills everybody. <laughs> yeah, she slices off their heads. We at one point we just get like a small like 5 second scene of just heads flying into frame, hands flying into frame. We uh we blood get, flying into frame. This it's very um the bride whenever she goes <laughs> to face uh the 88 the crazy 88. The crazy 88. Yeah, yeah. And uh or uh or you know, she's Miho's really channeling her inner Marv. <laughs> yeah, because she just goes ballistic on fucking everybody. We then cut back to Minute, Dwight, and Ava, but I can't remember what starts this little uh, fight scene off. Oh, no, what happens is that they're having this conversation, and then we see Gail toss a big-ass duffel bag over close to where they're at, and it lands near a couple of guys, and then explodes, knocking mm, Manute, yeah, right. Dwight, and Ava off uh, onto their asses. And we see Ava get cut up in the face from a bunch of glass that comes her way. And then uh, Manute gets tossed, I think, into the hot tub. I think he falls into the hot tub whenever this explosion happens. Dwight just gets thrown over to the side or some shit. Dwight has one of the guns now. I think he has one of his guns that knocked out of Manute's hand. He fires a few rounds into Manute, and it doesn't phase him at all. Think Dwight gets punched a few times by Manute, ending up where Manute drops the gun, or Dwight drops the gun, mm-hmm. and yeah. then uh, Dwight gets up and just basically like 
drop kicks Manute back into the hot tub. Manute drops the gun, and now uh, we hear Dwight say, now it's just a matter of who's the quickest and luckiest. And we see Ava and Dwight both reaching for uh, the closest gun to them. Which is not the same gun, just there are two guns close to each of them. Ava grabs hers, Dwight grabs his just a little bit too late. Ava has her gun trained on him, and... They, they do this in the graphic novel. I'm, it makes more sense, once again, in the graphic novel, why she does it. Um, because in the graphic novel... So it doesn't end this way. In the graphic novel, it makes more sense of why we see Manute later on. Here, it doesn't make any sense. Because he's already taken like four to six rounds to the chest already by yeah. Dwight. And he's able to be, withstand it. Then he takes... Because Ava has Dwight dead to rights... And looks like she's about to kill Dwight, but then turns her gun over on Manute and fires like four additional shots into him. He goes down to the water. Now, granted, I know they keep on saying that Manute is not human and that he's very fucking strong and supercharged and all that. But he's taking 10 rounds all together to the chest. Yep. At some point, that's, that's ridiculous. That's a lot of fucking bullets. Um, in the comics, so he gets bested by Miho. Um, where Miho is just laying out motherfuckers left and right, Miho ends up getting Manute on his ass and then just pins him to the ground with her blades, and he's not able to move. Right. Um, and then that's the end of it until we see him later on in uh, The Big Fat Kill, which is perfectly fine. That makes sense. Here, it doesn't make any sense, because he takes 10 rounds to the chest, and it just makes no sense. In the comics, even, whenever Ava turns on Manute, it looks like Manute is going to be bested by Miho, and Ava sees that in order to save her own skin. Here... Ava has Dwight dead to rights. She yep. could have ended all of this and put two rounds into Dwight. But, but it she, makes no sense. She kind of loves him. <laughs> Whatever. In the comics, she even tries to tell Dwight before he kills her, like, look, it was all minute. He was manipulating me. I couldn't do anything about it. And then we have a similar scene where Dwight gets close to her. They kiss. He says a few things and then ends up shooting around into Ava in the graphic novel. But here, not so much. And here, she just tries to plead with Dwight, like, look, we're good together. Look at you with that new face. You could be who you want to be. You could let the monster out all you want. Look at you. And then he gets real close. They make out. And then we hear Dwight say, and all I want is to be lost in the sight, sound, and smell of her. Her kiss is a promise of paradise. And then all we hear is, he shoots her in the gut. She says Dwight as she slips to the ground and dies. Dies. Um, uh, Dwight says a few other things. Oh, uh, the sirens are getting closer. We'll take the uh, back roads home. Old bootleggers used to take them. And then we just see him look at the camera as Gail and Miho walk up behind Dwight. And he's like, I'm going home. And then cut to Johnny. Uh, yeah. And he's knocking on a door. He's got his hand like close to his chest, just like nursing what happened to his hand earlier in the movie. And someone slides open. And clearly, if you know who this is, you know who it is right away. We see the face, and it's Christopher Lloyd, Doc Brown, looking at Johnny. And Johnny says, I need your help. Doc opens the door, and he's literally a doctor in this movie. He gets ushered in. And he's like, look, Mr. uh, Koenig. Is that his name? Kronig. Kronig, not Koenig. Kronig. Kronig is like, no, I'm a doctor, so it's Dr. Kronig. So what do you need? And... Um, he doesn't say as much, but he's like, I need some assistance. And the doc's like, look, once I get myself prepared and everything, 
it'll cost you. How much do you got? And he's only got 40 bucks on him and then hands it to the doc and the doc's like, look, 40 bucks is what you give me. 40 bucks 40 is, what, bucks you is what you get. We you see get him. what you pay for. <laughs> we see the doc shoot up, presumably with heroin because he ties himself off and puts a needle in his arm and everything. And he's like, ah, now I'm prepared. Um, and we just see him like cut into Johnny's leg, pulls out the bullet from his leg. And then he tells Johnny, like, look, um, I'll be able to fix your fingers, but not for 40 bucks. How about your shoes? And Johnny's like, all right, take the shoes. And then we see him just slowly putting, well, not slowly, but at one after the other, takes each finger and just puts them back into place. Right. And we see Johnny, like, writhe in pain, scream out in pain. And then Johnny's like, oh, he must like popsicles because he licks everyone. I'm just like, maybe he's just a weirdo and likes licking popsicle or just the uh, tongue depressors. <laughs> Because that's all it looks like. It's just tongue depressors. Like, there's no remnants of Popsicle yeah. on them at all. It's just tongue depressors. Well, I think it's because it's back alley doctor Maybe. type thing. So. Uh, but yeah, he, so he doesn't he doesn't have actual, like, tongue depressor medical equipment. They're Maybe. just old Popsicle sticks. But yeah, what he's doing is basically splinting Johnny's fingers. A makeshift cast, if you will, for Johnny's fingers. Mm-hmm. Johnny fucks off, and we hear uh, Dr. Krennig. He's like, oh, no thanks at all. That's what you get these days in Sin City. And then we he fucks off. Johnny is talking about the card game, but he just needs a dollar to try to get into the card game. Because uh, he can he can work that dollar up. Yeah, and it's raining, and he's got no shoes on. And he's just beating the hell out of. He's got his arm basically in a cast, and... He's not sure what to do with himself. Oh, and then he's like, oh, Marcy. I need to get back to Marcy. He runs back to the apartment. Uh, he sneaks into the apartment through the fire escape. And then whenever he walks in, he sees Marcy's hand, just her hand, her severed hand, on a nearby table with the winning hand that he won the card game with, the uh, Royal Flush. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we just see the lights come on and Rourke says, well, how about we give him a hand? How about we give him another hand? And we see her uh-huh. hand on a bed and then out rolls Marcy's head. Um, on the floor and Johnny's just like oh shit fucking Marcy I did this to her um, and then uh, all of uh, Rourke's thugs uh, raise their guns at Johnny Johnny dives out of the window he just climbed into thinks someone's gonna come after him and this is the only thing I really like in this sequence is that for a second you don't think anything's gonna happen and then Rourke comes out of the fucking blackness from the window like a demonic fucking force comes up to Johnny and he's like you know what I like you this way and then just Johnny runs away. We cut to Johnny walks up to a nearby waitress in this diner, asks her for a glass of water. He doesn't have any money to pay for it. She's like, that's all right. It's just water. He hands it to her. And it's Lady Gaga um, playing a character named Bertha. And she has like this small scene. I think she tells Johnny, like, look, you don't have any stink on you. And you remind me of your my old boyfriend. Here, take this. This isn't much, but it'll get you somewhere. And he takes the dollar. He's like, sweetheart, this will take me to the moon. He goes back to Katie's, exchanges the dollar for a dollar coin for the slot, uh, puts it into the machine, and jackpot once again. He has all the money he needs. He goes back to the card game that Rourke is now doing again. Holding the same duffel bag with his... Yep. uh, With his... Not fucked up hand. Yes. And presumably because it's not his right hand he can't play cards properly like he used to because when he entered the we forgot to mention this when he entered the first card game he shuffles with just one hand splitting the deck up and then like doing that with all the cards into a pile um and rourke he johnny sits down in the second card game rourke's like why don't we have the new kid 
You can't do much without your game hand. Yeah, and, they, and Rourke says, why don't we have him shuffle? And then we see Johnny do the same thing he did earlier, only in his left hand. He's like, I'm ambidextrous. I'm ambidextrous. And he, start, and he starts handing out cards, just like flicking each card off the deck with just his thumb. Um, he hands out all the cards. And it pretty much plays the same way as before, where or a, a little different. So at the beginning, it was Johnny just constantly winning every hand. This time around... Right, there was no folding or anything like that. Right. But this time, he keeps folding. Yeah, just folding after hand after hand after hand. He wins a few uh, hands, and then he just starts winning every hand after that. Uh, it plays out like it did in the first game, where it's just Johnny and Rourke at this point. Johnny ends up getting all the money. He beats Rourke again with, I think, two pair. With So it's five-card stud, or five-card draw. Um, cause they could, th- we see the card game play out. So it's five card draw and we see, I think it's, uh, Rourke has four Kings. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Four Kings because Johnny was beats it? him with, yeah. Cause I remember the I aces. Thought it was, I thought it was two pair that he had. I thought it was like Kings and Jacks or. I thought it was four, like four Kings. And then Johnny had four aces. The only other hand that could have beat the four Kings was the four aces. That's what I thought. Cause I, I remember mean, the aces spinning. Whenever we look at Johnny's cards. Yeah. Because uh, he sets down and says four aces. Yeah. And then you see the card kind of like spin, spin in place, yeah. into place and you see all four of them then. Yeah. Thus meaning Johnny has won the entire card game once again. And he says the line like you said that I've now shown everybody that I not beat you once but twice and there's nothing you can do about it. They won't say this story around you but they will repeat it in dark yeah, rooms. They'll... they'll say that they won't but they'll tell people and people will learn that you are not infallible and you can be beaten and then this is why i say johnny dies in vain because rourke says stands up and he's like pulls out a gun he's like i don't give a shit this means nothing i'm still able to stay long and short of it is i'm still able to stand in this room point this gun at you and kill you and then he says your mother is a whore um and i killed her too and then he kills Johnny. Say say hello to your mother for me or some shit like that. I thought it was lover. Maybe. Cause he kills Marcy. Yeah, yeah. I thought he says say hi to your mother for me. I, I thought, thought it was say hi to your lover. Maybe. And just kills him. Either way. Yeah. He kills Johnny. Johnny shoots him in the fucking straight in the head. Yeah, right in the fucking Um Johnny goes down, he's dead at this point. And then Rourke slumps down in his chair. And, and says, oh, that's Rourke, one piece of advice I would give any young guy. Wear a condom. Yeah, and then sits back down, tells one of his cronies to, to take, take out, out the, the trash, trash so they can continue playing their game. And they continue playing their game. Meaning, what Johnny just did mean jack and shit. Or everybody else at the table is just like, okay, yeah, don't, don't, we're going to just say nothing right now. Or it's an example of them, of even further, of Rourke cementing his uh, nastiness to these guys. Like right. saying, even if you beat him at a fucking card game, he'll still kill you. So what Johnny was trying to do does nothing. Anyway, we cut to Nancy's Last Dance, the final story of this movie. And I, what is the first scene of this? I think it's just her dancing in Katie's bar. Yeah, I think so. And we see uh, she's just dancing, just uh, and she's just haphazardly dancing. She's got a drink in her hand, just like not even really putting on any of a sh- anything of a show. She's we hear her voiceover reminiscing about when she first started becoming a stripper and about how hard again about how hard again left her. And then we see her hallucinating hard again because he walks into the bar like he did in the first movie. 
And he tells Nancy, he's like, Nancy, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean for this to happen to you. I was just trying to protect you. Uh, skinny little Nancy Callahan, I hope you can make it out of this. And he says the worst thing, uh, the, like, he says something about hell and watching someone you love in pain. And he's like, the only, I can't remember verbatim. I know it's like the only hell I've ever been in is watching someone I love in pain or some shit like that. I can't remember remember exactly. But then Nancy walks off stage. She walks into the dressing room. Um, I think she just knocks back a few drinks, uh, puts on some clothes, and just walks out. Uh, We see her in her apartment, and now she's like got like five or six packs of smokes, and she's just smoking up a storm. We see her with drinks in her hand. She's watching a program on TV, which I don't know if you noticed, that's Frank Miller and Robert Rodriguez acting out some small scene from a TV show that she knows really well. She starts repeating lines from the TV show, and then she starts hallucinating Hardigan again. And Hardigan's like, Nancy, I'm so sorry this happened to you. And she's like, what does it matter? You're dead now. I'm just hallucinating you. There's no point to any of this. This is all fucked up. Um, She ends up passing out in her bed. And then she starts having a nightmare of Rourke walking up into her room and saying, look, I told you I'd find you. I told you I'd make you scream for my son. He starts putting a knife to her face. She starts laying down, scared out of her mind, and then, bam, he disappears and she wakes up. Right. Um, she uh, <clears throat> she also, right before she passes out, she ends up cursing hard again and she's like, I'll do something that'll really piss you off hard again or something like that. And she ends up cutting off like a huge chunk of her hair. Because yeah. it's like all the way past her so- shoulders and then she just haphazardly just starts cutting off chunks there's yeah. like there's no, no um uniform to the haircut whatsoever it's well, just the, chunks all over the place the like manic female haircutting yeah. thing like it's been in a couple of other things that i uh batman returns yeah yeah uh, whenever she just snaps after she's been thrown out the window by um max yeah uh she's just cuts her hair just crazily all in like chunks and shit it's very similar to that scene yeah so yeah nancy wakes up she's now back in katie's dancing again with like a full like platinum wig on just all white and she's doing her thing uh we see a guy get up uh trying to touch nancy nancy's like having none of it she grabs a gun that she keeps on a stool nearby and just pistol whips the guy he goes down um marv sees this happen and he uh walks out he's like look something's wrong I need to get the fuck out of here and walks out. Um, we then cut to uh, Nancy. She walks into the uh, dressing room, looks at herself in a mirror, and then just smashes her face into the mirror. Um, she takes a big chunk of the mirror, and we see the hallucination of Hart again. And he says, "No, Nancy, no, don't, do, don't this. do this." And we just say, we just hear Nancy's like, "Pretty little Nancy Callahan," and she just starts cutting up her face, which makes no sense for later on because this movie is supposed to be. Before or this sequence is supposed to take place before, like I said, before Marv's last story, The Hard Goodbye. And whenever she, um, Wendy is dropped off in her place, she's not a stripper, but she also doesn't have cuts on her face. So I don't know if they're trying to explain it away where it's not deep cuts to where it won't leave scars. Maybe. I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. Anyway, we cut to later in the day. Marv is walking into the bar. Right, well, I would say that this has to take place before the long goodbye, which doesn't make sense because then you see her 
without scars in the long goodbye. That's what I'm saying. The hard goodbye. Or yeah, the hard goodbye. So this, she has a a face wig. For the hard goodbye, maybe. <laughs> it, it whatever. It's a small little detail, but it just if they want to keep with the continuity, it just didn't make well, any I guess, sense. Do you see? Are they like as scars, or are they as like fresh cuts? Whenever she goes to Mars, I know there's stitching because we see the black and white stitching on her face. Oh yeah, that's right. So I don't know if that means they're gonna leave scars. Or no, no, it doesn't leave scars. Uh, because this this whole sequence is just an ad for Neosporin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Marv walks into the bar and he's just sauntering in, and it looks like he's looking for Nancy, but it's not Nancy on stage at this point. He walks in a part way, and then Katie comes up, whispers something to him, and he looks at the end of the like stools or uh, benches with tables and stuff, and sees Nancy. He walks up and he sees all the cuts on Nancy's face, and right away he's pissed. Because Marv is a... <laughs> Who the fuck? <laughs> yes. Because uh, Marv is essentially a big brother to Nancy. Whoever yeah. fucks with Nancy, Marv is going to deal with them. Um, and Marv... Which, which you got in the first one because they kind of explained that... Or he explains that she had some trouble with a... In that scene, we Marv yeah. and Nancy meet. and Or they meet up again. And it's that scene that I'm talking about where Nancy should have like a bunch of scars on her face. Which it doesn't make... Whatever. I'm done talking about it. It just doesn't make any sense. Right. Let's move on. Um, but yeah. Marv says, tell me... Just give me a name. And Nancy's like, Rourke. And Marv is like, all right. And Nancy leaves with Marv. And as they're leaving, we see three guys on motorcycles come up. And they're all decked out in guns and shit. The one guy has like two shotguns in his hands. And Marv's like, I'm sorry. What are you guys doing? He's like, we're going to run this place. We're going to fucking uh, kill anybody that gets in our way. And he's talking about Katie's. They're going to take over Katie's. Katie's, yeah. Um, and Marv's like, nah. He walks up to the main guy, <laughs> headbutts him. <laughs> he, he goes, oh, look. They didn't even like hide it. They just had their guns out. So I know they're bad guys. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, he headbutts the main guy, takes both the shotguns, uses the shotguns against the other guys, like beats them in the face with it, then turns the guns on to them and fires. And then he steps to the side, looks to Nancy, looks at the guy he just headbutted, and just, he doesn't say as much. He's like, eh? you do it. You need to do some killing. Kill eh? this guy. Eh? She eh? walks up, raises her gun up to him, and fires, killing the guy. Thus meaning that she's able and more than willing to kill someone if she has to. Um, we then cut to they are now on motorcycles driving to Rourke's main compound, which is out in the middle of nowhere because we just see cows all around them as they park. Um, we see them just... We see them with all the weapons that they got from the guys. And one of the weapons that Nancy takes is a pump-action crossbow. Yep. Which I've never heard of a thing. And then I started looking it up. They are things, but not to the extent where they're big-ass arrows on them. Right. They're, so they're like a third, maybe even like half the size of, an, of a bolt of arrow. And here it's just like a regular like bow and arrow arrow that you see on it. But that's not the case with these like pump action crossbows, which whatever. Uh, artistic license, if you will. Um, but yeah, they just start running uh, rough shot through the entire compound. Just taking out anybody who gets in the way. We see Nancy with her pump action crossbow. Uh, we see Marv with shotguns just taking out people left, right, and center. And we also see, like, Rourke walking by in his office, not phased by any of this shit. 
just doing his own so, thing. Uh, somebody's trying to come kill me. Must be a Monday. All right. Uh, Marv gets ahead of Nancy, gets to the top floor, and just starts taking out guys. Nancy catches up to him, and now Marv is, like, crouched down, trying to keep himself balanced. He's breathing heavy. So I'm thinking that he took, like, a round in the gut or something. Um, we don't see as much, but something's happened with Marv where he's a bit concussed, if you will. Um, he's got, like, a bunch of dead guys around him. <laughs> Because they couldn't show it, because, like, like Marv, you okay? Oh, yeah, I'm just a little bit winded. He's killed, like, 700 people, and he just, like, stands up and turns around, and just his entire, like, stomach is gone, and his guts are falling. He's like, I just need, like, five minutes or so. <laughs> Nancy looks at the end of the hall, and it's Rourke's office. Um, Marv does the same thing, and Marv's like, you got this? And Nancy's like, yeah, I've got this. She puts the crossbow down takes out the gun, uh, Hardigan's gun, and walks into Rourke's office. She thinks she sees him right there in front of her. With a, she shoots at it. It shatters. It's a mirror. Um, Rourke then fires at her, hitting her in the leg. She drops to the ground, yells out in pain, and Rourke immediately is like, look, <laughs> I knew you would be coming here this day. Because we also saw like a small scene before all this takes place of that cop saying, look, she was in front of you this entire time while we were having those card games. That Nancy girl that your son tried to kill years ago, she's been in front of you hiding in plain sight this entire time. And initially, Rourke is uh, not going to kill her. He's like, let the little uh, skinny little broad or whatever the fuck live her life. I don't give a shit. She's a woman. What do I give a shit? And the officer's like, well, there's been some reports of her um, going down this road of just being inebriated and drunk and belligerent all the time. I think she's heading towards something that may not end well for you. And then Rourke's like, oh, well, on second thought, we probably should keep an eye on her. And that's before all this happens. Right. And this is what Rourke is talking about. He's like, I knew you would eventually come. Um, it was about time. I was getting bored or some shit like that. Um, I promised my son uh, that I would kill you one day and make you scream. And it looks like I have because she screamed out in pain whenever she right. initially shot her. Um, and, and this is what I was talking about earlier, these fucking pictures that they have. So Rourke has always talked about the yellow bastard in disdain. He fucking can't stand that How this is what looks. his son looks like now. But yet he has two pictures of his son in his office. It makes no sense. And it's just lazy. Well, you're just lucky you didn't see the rest of the house. Like, <laughs> it's just plastered in, all over the place. In the hallway, there's one where they're, ma- where, where they're wearing matching Christmas sweaters. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they're, they're watching fireworks on a boat somewhere. <laughs> Look, Dad, with his arm on his son. Like, oh, yeah, son, as the yellow <laughs> no, bastard. <laughs> just pointing towards the firework. The firework is like the gray scale, and all you see is the yellow. <laughs> Of his fucking fingers and shit. Um, we then uh, was there's a there's one of them skiing together. <laughs> there's even like a montage video <laughs> of like that uh, with my best friend song. I can't remember the name Let of it. Let me tell you about, about my, my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> love you too. <laughs> they like they're skiing and the yellow bastard falls down and Rook. <laughs> Like runs over and is like, oh my god, what happened? And he just like turns around and throws a throws a fucking snowball. Snowball hits Rourke in the face and he's just like, oh you. <laughs> he wakes up from a nightmare in the middle of the night. He's screaming out in pain. <laughs> Senator Rourke comes in, like soothes him. He's like, oh, and puts his head on his chest. <laughs> yeah. 
cuts to the fucking lodge and they're drinking cocoa. And they both, like, <laughs> both hands on the cup. <laughs> as a uh, as it was put in Rogers, I can do this all day. <laughs> right. Um. um uh, uh, so Nancy's trying to crawl to her gun that's now skidded away from her. And Rourke's like, look, you're not acting like a girl that's just been shot and fearing that I will shoot you again. What the fuck are you doing? And then as he's about to shoot her again, lightning flashes behind him and he thinks he sees Hardigan in the mirror next to him. He freaks out, turns around. Nancy quickly grabs the gun that she has, grabs it, points it at Rourke and says, this is for Hardigan, you fucker. Pulls the trigger, killing Rourke. Um, then I think it cuts to black, and we just hear her say, This rotten town, it soils everybody. Credits. Yep. Like I said, this movie, I enjoy seeing these characters again. I enjoy being in this world again. I just wish they would have done I think, so, different a things. Couple, a couple of the problems that I have with this movie is um, number one, it doesn't do enough to differentiate itself from the first one from the first one and so it kind of just feels like a rehash kind of um especially being nearly nine years after the yeah fact. The, the fact that it was nine years after the fact doesn't help it at all right. like if it came out two or three years like it still would have been fresh enough that like the first Sin City was one of the first movies that used full green screen to yeah, and did it well to yeah to to do it well because Sky Captain was before it but yeah. like it's one that did it well that was well received and this just feels like it tried like the only thing like the first one was film noir yes but this one just. It felt like uh like over West. over the top. It almost felt like a western trying to be a film noir. Yeah. Where it was just a poor imitation of a film noir, but it was ultimately kind of a western. Yeah. Uh yeah, I feel pretty much the same where it's just there are some good parts, it's not the greatest. I very much prefer the first one. There's a reason why we didn't get like a longer recut thing like we did with the first one cuz right. this movie did not make a lot of money. It no. cost... Here, we'll get into it now. Before that, Rotten Tomato score, and it sounds about right, but the critic score was 42%. The audience score, 44%. But the budget for this movie was $65 million. And we'll do the 2021 dollars as well here in a bit, because it was in 2014, so it was a bit of an increase. Right. Um, opening weekend made $6.4 million. Opening weekend. Domestically, altogether, its entire run, Ryan, $13.8 million domestically. Oof. Internationally, $25.7 million. Altogether, in 2014, it only made $39.5 million on a $65 million yeah, so budget it movie. lost money. It lost so much money. Um, in translation for $2021, the budget, uh, $76 million. Opening weekend, $7.5 million. Six, uh, domestically, altogether, $16.2 million. Internationally, $30.1 million. And altogether, in 2021, $46.2 million. 
dollars, with the two different years being like a 16.8 increase. So it's a significant amount of money left on the table because they just they a you don't really connect with any of the characters. Even Josh Brolin's Dwight and Marv, yeah. I do like those characters, but it just didn't feel the same. Yeah, there was just something off about everything i mean yes you're in this world again yes you're getting the the stories with these characters but it just didn't feel and maybe it's because it's post because at this point in 2014 we have marvel and the avengers at this point oh 2008 was the first iron man movie then it just started from there with incredible hulk iron or uh, captain america avengers just happened two years before this movie we have i think iron man 3 was on the precipice of this movie whenever this movie came out so we are in the midst of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so maybe that had an effect on it and people just weren't in the mood for something like this. But being that it doesn't do anything new or different or try to reinvent the wheel in any way, and I'm not expecting that in every movie. I'm just expecting something, them trying to tell a different or story, I or guess. Or at least do something to like punch it up. Yeah. Not just... And I think... I think not if, just cookie cutter. I think if they would have skipped the Dame to Kill for, done that after uh, what I'm about to say, uh, I think they should have done the Hell and Back storyline. There's a character in there named Wallace. I think that would have been an interesting character. He's like this former Marine, like turned badass, private detective type person. Um, and he f- uh, finds out about this, uh, uh, like a uh, girl of uh, sexual trans. I can't remember the. Uh, term where they're like sneaking girls to be prostitutes, whatever the fuck. I can't trafficking. Trafficking. That's it. What the fuck? Um, but yeah, sex trafficking uh, victims. And he finds out about this ring in Sin City that's happening, and he tries to stop it. And at one point, he gets bested by this female assassin who drugs everybody. He gets hit with this drug, and he starts hallucinating all these things. Uh, he's got a friend that used to be in Vietnam that he holds dearly, who he imagines to be Rambo. He imagines that he's Captain America at one point. He imagines that he's, I think, Batman. All these different characters. A T-Rex. Like, we could have done some really fucked up but weird things with that whole thing in the midst of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and DC Universe happening. And then you would have had this, like, outlier poking fun at all these characters whenever somebody's tripping off their ass because that's what the scene does is just poking fun at all these characters i think that would have been a much more interesting story to do and it's just one book it's a big fat book near the end of the entire series that i think would have been really fucking interesting yeah i can agree with that that's a that is a very good story it's like you said got a compelling main character that um goes absolutely batshit crazy yeah as he's hallucinating and yeah i feel like you probably would have connected more like if you got in there are- if you got a fresh character with that much meat to mm-hmm. to pull from mm-hmm. like you would have been able to even if you you know couldn't get rights to captain america or batman you could have done similar like you could looking things yeah you could have figured something out to yeah make it look like oh we know who he's talking about just by maybe not having it completely red white and blue with a star in the center of it just make it red white and blue with the circles and everything no star right you would get the point across that oh this is a captain america type character so there could have been ways around shit like that but i think it just what the the story that it's telling with the entire run about this guy being mixed up in things and he thinks he thinks it's one way but it's actually the sex trafficking ring that he finds out about it's much better story 
Um, and we also get characters from previous stories popping up in the Hell and Back storyline. So you could have had all these like random characters. Obviously not Marv because it happens afterwards or Hardigan. But you do have Dwight popping in and you have this character that I mentioned earlier. Blue Eyes, she pops in at one point. It's an interesting story. There could have been plenty of fucking groundwork to work from there. But for whatever reason, they went with the Dame to kill for and just shot himself in the foot. Well, apparently... I didn't really know this at the time, but there was a huge push whenever the first Sin City movie was announced for them to do a Dame to Kill for. Like, everybody wanted to see that story. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, okay, well, fuck it. That'll be the the sequel because this one did good, so we'll, we'll go ahead and do that one. And then I also heard that part of the reason that it got delayed for so long was that they really wanted Angelina Jolie to play... Uh, Ava, Ava mm-hmm. and I remember her name being rumored for the longest time, and she was pregnant at the time, so they were like waiting out her pregnancy and stuff, and then they decided to go a different way, and then mm-hmm. it you know got put on the back burner, and then it got yeah re-ignited. people got busy with other things. And I think stuff. in the in the time that uh since the first Sensity came out, and a Dame to Kill for came out, I think we got the Grindhouse movies. I think Robert uh, ended up directing uh, another Spy Kids movie. Yeah, there was another Spy Kids movie. So there, and then obviously Frank Miller. Those are fucking wild too. (laughs) I know Uh, the little girl. I believe plays one of the hookers in this movie. Does she? She doesn't have any words in the in it, but I think she like she's like eighteen, nineteen by the time this movie came out. I think she plays one of the hookers. If I remember correctly, I remember reading something about it somewhere. Um, but this movie's all right. I'll maybe watch it every so often. The first Sin City, I'll fucking watch religiously. But this one, if I'm like, if I'm in a completionist mood, I'll watch this one. Right. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I got. That's all I've got. Uh, make sure to comment, rate, subscribe. Tell us what you think about A Dame to Kill For. Um, or about, you know, if you're surprised... As surprised as I am, like I, f- I figured that it didn't make much money, but I thought yeah. that it still made. When I looked everything up, I money. thought it at least broke even. Yeah, that's no. Losing ha- half of your budget yeah. is not a. It's insane. Not a how good much way. money it lost. Like fucking Alien Covenant was able to make at least its budget back. Yep. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, did you say rate comments uh, yeah rate comment subscribe tell us what you think tell us you know what you think we should watch anything um anyway you can also find us on twitter and instagram at nerdinian you can also find me at both those platforms at that wanker and uh you can also find me on tiktok at that wanker without knee and remember hope is like the sun if you only believe in it when you can see it then you'll never make it through the night their wolf, their castle.